Welcome everyone to the next episode of the Caterpillar podcast. This week with our guest TC Freer. Do you want to introduce yourself? Everybody knows who I am. Well, hello. <laughs> Returning guest, we should say. It's not the first time. Yes. That's true. So uh, then I guess we can just jump into it. We have a few dev blocks to discuss. And I guess the first one are the upcoming super ships. Now, there have already been some balance changes since the first post, but I guess we'll, we'll just start with the original unveiling of the super ships and the characteristics. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we, we have the Satsuma that we already know, but they obviously they changed how this special mechanic works. Now you can, you need, uh, what's, tw- uh, you need 12 successful salvos, and then you, yeah. you have the special mechanic ready and you can fight at the press of a button. Yeah. Um, yeah, they've got to make changes to these ships, haven't they? Because when they put them in, when they had them in that fun game mode, it was just, but it was there just a bit of fun. Um, you, know, you can't put anything like that in live, and obviously we know that sooner or later they are going to come to the new uh, test server that we all know as live. So, oh yeah, I mean, what I'm concerned about is that it's like minus thirty-five percent dispersion on a press of a button for fifty seconds, so enough for about two salvos, and that's with with uh, you know fairly large guns that gonna overmatch every cruiser out there, so. Like, I mean, cruisers have it difficult enough. 35% dispersion, that's a lot. It's like, uh, yeah, I mean, I just don't like this cruiser, so I'm going to ruin its life button, feels like. If you get caught broadside at the wrong moment by someone using that, it's going to be a real bad time. Yeah, but you don't have to be broadside, right? I mean, it's not like angling does anything. I, I, I suppose yeah, it depends on the ship. I mean, yeah, there's quite a few ships where the potential you're just going to get blatted from any angle. But I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, we've got to put it in context, okay? So, and the number of number of successful salvos is twelve. So that's twelve times that you've got to get hit by the main guns that reload in thirty-two seconds. That have got just over a minute of turret rotation base. So he, you know, the 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 player in this Atsuma has to hit you twelve times with his main guns. So that's six minutes. Uh, oh well, no, just over six minutes. Isn't it where it's got to literally send there and actually hit you? Yeah, so but it it's doesn't have to half the game. Yeah, but it doesn't have to be hit you, right? I mean, that's true. It's not going to be available no, very yeah. early. But you know, he's just going to sit in the back and shoot some other battleships, maybe. And then when it's ready, if it's used right, it's just like you know, I don't know. I mean, it obviously needs testing, but I feel like this is going to be pretty harsh for cruisers. It definitely doesn't. Like it's going to make stealth as a cruiser being even more important, basically, which then sort of hampers your opportunity to do damage even more. Probably, I, I mean, this isn't necessarily going to be a big issue for some people, but if you're just a super casual player, you then might be stuck with trying to remember which ship has which gimmick because if you're more into the game or playing more often and you like follow dev blogs or watch us or watch other people that that talk about warships news you might know that yeah okay this this will need a couple of minutes and it'll have a potentially super accurate devastating 
uh, hit at its disposal. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's the point where you have to be extra careful in whatever ship you're in. But the super casual player isn't necessarily going to know any of that and might just get blighted out of nowhere and be like, what the hell was that? They weren't hitting me that accurately before. So it's funny to me because it kind of goes against what Wargaming have said in the past is that they, they... the reasons they haven't made certain changes or they do make certain changes is to not make things overly complicated for the majority of their players. And that's sort of what they're doing with these ships. They're adding this extra layer of complication on top of just the normal gameplay. I suppose you've got to look at it from the other... If we look at it from the other point of view, though, how do you keep the game interesting for players who've been playing... 30, 40,000 games now. Well, that's that's true. There is that. And, you know, and you, you've, you've got to give them. You've got to give them a new challenge, both from a mechanic perspective of how do I combat, how do I deal with this, and how do I chat, how do I get this effectively working for me as quick as possible. As you know, and, 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 but at the same time, you've got to make it like you said, new new player, you know, new tier mm-hmm. ten play. Oh well, new tier eight player. Um, you know, yeah. friendly as well. I mean, we, you know, we've got to bear in mind, okay, that this is a game that through monetization, you can, if you so desire, you can go and spend 55 quid and get yourself a shiny new tier nine and get blatted continually and hate the game and wait for which you haven't spent the money on it because there's no protection between you and, you know, everybody else the minute you press yeah. that buy button on those ships. So, you know. You could be literally having people being fed fifty, sixty thousand HPs worth of premium tier nine ship just because they have no idea what they're getting themselves into. But again, that opens a whole new kind of worms as to how do you put how how should it be done? Yeah, I mean, like you compare this as a an online game to. I mean, it's kind of unfair to compare it to, to like traditional. MMOs, like MMORPGs, and that style of thing, where there's there's a whole separate slate of end game content, but it, it kind of feels like that's what they're trying to to implement here. I mean, we've, we've talked about it in the past in terms of sucking down credits, you know, from the economy, which also does seem quite explicitly designed to do. But at the same time, yeah, it's, I suppose it is also on that level of um, something for those uh, those players that have all the tier tens. Well, what what more do you give them, I guess? Mm. What more can you do to, to keep their interest in the game? Yeah, because, I mean, I mean, if you think about where we are in the term of, the, in the term of Warships, it's entering that difficult sixth year and onwards position. You, you know, if, if we think back to World of Tanks, um, when, when we were involved, that when we, um, no, I mean, like you've played it, Pointy, I've played it, Mm-hmm. And you know, once that got past the sixth year, what did they do? They basically replatformed the entire game with World of Tanks 1.0. And since then, they've been making change after change after change, just like we see continually in warships. But they basically replatformed the game to that new to this to that new game engine that they put it on. Um, and you know, you've seen players going through the same pains that happen. That we in warships see very regularly. Um, the difference being, obviously, that we've seen it. We, we we've had it from virtually seven point five onwards, whereas wash, whereas tanks have had it from one point onwards from official release. Mm. Um, so, 
I think it's just the way that the game and the company are going in terms of how they want the game to go forward. And, you know, it's been said time and time again, and I think it still rings true no matter what. Players such as ourselves, players such as the one as as the core group of players that you sometimes go and look to watch, we're not actually the target audience of this game and the company anymore. Because they can only sell us one ship. They can only yeah, we can only push so far before you see the kind of upset and anger that gets put out and you know, you get to, and you push those players into the, the disenchanted but still just enjoying the game for fun. And as those they're now actually an expense to the game. They're not actually a, an income to the game as in, well, in the normal sense. Kind of. You have to balance that against those uh, even players that have stopped paying but are still playing still have some value because if you end up in a situation where you have a, a terminal population decline, that can end up just like we, tanking even a, an otherwise quite fun which game. Ships does have a respect. You know, there's no way you can get away from it. And, you know, you can... You can laugh and joke about it all you want. There is only one server for World of Warships where statistically and numbers-based, the player population is still rising. And that's the sea server. It's Asia. For whatever reason, mm-hmm. that server grouping is still on the up. So whatever is going on, whatever's going on within that particular area, whatever, whatever people are saying, they're enjoying it, and it's, it's growing there. It's it's now at the level it was when the game was first put out in 2015. So it's got a it's got a really nice mm-hmm. um, it's got a really nice bell curve. Um, whereas uh, if you take the you know the Russian server, which is by far the biggest in terms of or should be by in terms of the biggest, that has had nothing but a continuous downslide since launch. If you look at the EU and the NA servers now, NA. NA is the biggest one in terms of a cash perspective for WG because it hits a very specific point for the NA community that, again, like we've said, not, there's virtually no other games actually do match, that it, it hits on that naval history. It hits on the stuff that they've maintained and looked after, but it's not maintaining the player base. The player base is falling off. The numbers are there to back up everything I'm saying. You know, you can mm-hmm. you can say, oh well, it's only a gradual decline, but you know, twenty twenty figures you have to basically ignore from a statistic point of view because it's a huge anomaly. Every single online based game or multiplayer game online, irrespective of whether it was CS:GO, World of Warships, World of Tanks, Armored Warfare, anything that is a multiplayer online game, saw a huge surge. It's one of the few industries over the pandemic. That's had growth because you know what you're going to do when you sat at home. You either watch TV, play or computer games. That's pretty much the the general thing. I know there's a lot of other stuff that's done as well. People going into TikToks and all that kind of stuff, but it's one of the biggest things, and it's 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 all growth. So you have to extract those numbers and just ignore them. So when you do that, you can't get away from the fact that they're down. And, you know, they've spent a huge amount of money on advertising. I mean, you know, example being, yeah. they put a Streamlabs campaign out that offered anywhere up to, to $3,000 for 
to content creators such as ourselves to stream the game and bring in new members, new, bring in new players. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if they're offering that, um, you know, I, I've seen, I, I made friends with about five different streamers, all of whom were doing this Streamlabs campaign. And a couple of the things that you said in the terms and conditions were that you had to, they had to, they, you would only receive payment for that player if they got two ships. It wasn't mm-hmm. clear on whether they were premium ships, non-premium ships, and stuff like that. Um, and it turns out then it wasn't. It was just tech tree ships. And to be fair, you get two ships, so grind tier one and tier two. You can do that in the first twenty games of World of Warships. Mm-hmm. And there, you know, there are streamers out there. The and five in particular who I've made friends with, like I said, they've done that. They've done the campaign, uninstalled, walked away. That's it. Done. They're never going to play the game again. Their communities aren't playing that game, aren't playing the game anymore. I've not seen anybody who was involved in those five streamers playing the game since. So, you know, they, they've spent, I mean, if you take those five there, say they got the $3,000, you know, that's $15,000 that they spent on marketing for no return, for a blip on your numbers to say, oh, look, yeah, there we go, bing. But you're not seeing continued yeah. play-based growth. That kind of ties into, I think, just issues with the lower tiers generally. Mm. Like, I think if they, and this is purely hypothetical, but maybe if they were going back and starting from scratch, they would do a totally different tiering system or start in a different place. Or I, I, I don't know, just maybe design the lower tiers of the game differently somehow. But that's the kind of thing that's quite hard to retrofit. Yeah, it's very hard to retrofit. I mean, I uh, don't think that the lower tiers are that problematic in how the ships play there. It's more like with with uh, faster progression and with the way they release new lines, nobody plays them anymore. Like, even when a new line comes out starting at the tier 2, nobody's going to grind it from the tier 2 because they have the tier mm-hmm. 5 or 6 after the release event. So, you know, if nobody plays the lower tiers, then it takes ages to find a game at the lower tiers, so nobody plays the lower tiers. It's like, it's a problem, right? So basically, these days, Warship starts at tier 5, more or less, where you can find PvP battles, maybe tier 4 or so, and then up to tier 10, and now they're just adding up. Instead of trying to get people in the lower tiers, they're like, okay, we just add up on the top, right? Mm-hmm. Which also, I yeah, think, is... Well, we started really the topic we started with. Yeah, but I, I also yeah. <laughs> no, no problem, no problem. It, but it also I think is that they are just running out of balancing room at tier. T- I mean, tier ten isn't the well balancedest tier, I guess. Let's be honest. But they at a certain point they are like, okay, we we like there is only so much you can change the numbers so that all is equally strong, right? You have to, on the more crazy ideas you have, then you're just Basically, and then you tier. So they've given up and they're like, okay, we have all these ideas, what else we could do, but we can't make it balanced at tier 10. So we just add another one. And I mean, it's, it's in a way when, when your power creep gets so big, then it's just easier uh, to, to add a new tier instead of making even more of a power tier 10. And then you need to, bu- I mean, they already have the problem that there are so many old lines that need attention. It's easier if just to, instead of adding too much to power creep at tier 10, just make it 11. I mean, yeah, they've, they've, basically, reinvent, they've basically invented a brand new meme, haven't they? Oh, look, we've buffed Zhao by 50% <laughs> of what we nerfed him. And, and yeah, yeah. It, 
it's it, I mean the thing the thing is you want new people to get involved in the game. You want to see yeah. why so why so many of us do really enjoy the game. Because you, know, you you go around so many streams, you, know, you listen to what people are saying, and you do wonder why people are playing it because they sound so downhearted about it. They sound, there's so much soul, there's so much angst and anger about it. But it's, that's the thing. Underneath, it's a topic and a it's a topic and a thing that a lot of us all really enjoy. And you know, if you can forget the politics of the game, if you can forget the mechanics of the game, if you can forget what they're basically doing to the game underneath is a game that so many of us started to play and enjoyed and still do play because we enjoy it. And it's, it's when you get caught up in stuff like what's being said on the dev blogs, what's going on on Reddit, what's, you know, and you go and visit mm-hmm. streams and stuff like that, that suddenly it kind of puts that big flip on it and it's like, ah, oh, right, here we go again. And it's, you know, you... You've got to, you've got to somehow step away from that, and you know, a lot of us have stepped away. I mean, we we've all stepped away from mm-hmm. the CC program, and for me, it's the politics. It, a lot of a lot of a lot of what I'm glad I'm no longer involved in is the politics, mm-hmm. which is you know, this this this. There's a lot of really good friends that we've all made in, in, in that program, out of that program, that you know you may not have met previously or before. Um, you know, daft as this may sound, Mr. Pointy up there, I would never have thought of saying hello to you when you, when you were at Tankfest like three or four years ago, or even anything like that. And yet, you know, we now do. Yeah, that's that's kind of you know that's kind of the the, the for, li- for 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 little old me something that's a bit still eye opening. But on the other side of it, when you start to get into the politics of the game, and let's be fair, anything to do with mechanic changes, dev changes of the game, it's basically the gaming equivalent of the politics world, isn't it? It just screws everything up so much. It really does. It stops. Yeah. yeah. It stops the game being for fun. A game is a fun environment. You know, why are so many people playing New World? Why are so many people playing Minecraft? Why do I spend so many inordinate hours playing Space Engineers and stuff like that? Because it's not real life. Because it's just pixels on a screen that I can just have fun and not, you know, and start afresh with. When you start looking behind the curtain, you know, it's who's. Can't remember who said it. Never meet your uh, idols. Yeah. You look behind it, when you when you look behind the curtain and you look at the dev blogs and you look at all the mechanics of the game, you take away the fun of it being a game. That's it for me. I mean, I I wouldn't go that far, but it's just like there is so much silliness going on there where you ask yourself. And it's oftentimes it feels like that it's it's they are just making decisions that hurt everyone. They hurt the game and therefore they hurt them because they hurt their own player base and they don't even gain. Like if 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 they make a decision that makes them money, at least you you understand why it's happening. But what makes me so sad is if I see decisions where I feel like everybody loses, right? They lose as a company because they drive away players, and we lose because we have not such a good game to play, right? 
And you just yeah. sit there and you stare at it and you're like, there must be a logical reason to it, but unfortunately there isn't. It's just that they, they lost connection to, to their own game in a sense, and they make just silly decisions that, mm. you know, and you, you just uh, are a bit sander then. Yeah. I mean, you know, this, bringing in these tier 11, these tier 11 super ships, do you know what? I've got no problem with it. Because it's nice to have that what if scenario that historians like to think about. You know, what would have happened if Bismarck wasn't sunk? What would have happened if Tirpitz was allowed out of the fields? What would have happened if Masashi and Yamato hadn't been sunk and Japan hadn't been pushed back in a corner? Yeah, you know, stuff like this allows you to experiment and play around with it and see potential what ifs, what could have been what could have been done. But at the same side, then when you when you when you think that it's being put into a game where it's fifteen v fifteen and it's a game where they're still testing submarines in the same tier as they're going to be then bringing these ships in to test, and you know it suddenly, it, like you said, the silliness starts to go off the chart. You know, if you, if you you look on the best, I mean, the other thing today is what is how is this game marketed on Steam? <laughs> and in there, in there, it says World of Warships, and then underneath it's multiplayer online, um, and then uh, ships or something like that. But then underneath that, in 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 a lovely box, it says the word realistic. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny when so, you when you see um, like I've been watching some Linus Tech, tip, tech Tips videos yeah. recently. And it, you know, populates a bunch of older ones, and some of them have been sponsored by World of Warships. And the marketing spiel they gave him to say was that the, all of the ships in the game have, you know, they've been lovingly scanned from real life, kind of thing. And it's like, what? What? No, <laughs> no? that's just a yeah. straight up lie. Yeah. yeah. No, so here you go. Yeah. yeah. Naval combat, free to play. Massive. Yeah, the way, the way yeah. things are advertised is, yeah, it's just... yeah. historical. This, this uh, game is definitely not that. Yeah, according to Steam, it's a naval combat, free-to-play, massive multiplayer, naval, World War II, tactical, PvP, historical multiplayer, online co-op, team-based, realistic simulation, <laughs> action, third-person shooter, shooter, PvE, military war, co-op. Uh, some of those, are, 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 some of those at least will be like user-submitted tags, so sometimes they can get a bit silly on Steam. I suppose, I mean, you know, it says we can enter a new tag here, so I suppose we can put uh, fake news. <laughs> there we go. Right, so I need fake news to it as well, like, oh, you uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a live Steam change for you all to be able to find World of Warships. Just search for fake news. Uh, that, that, that's good. I mean, it, it, your tag has more truth than a lot of what they had already, so, you know. That's the thing, okay. I mean... I don't. I, the thing is, you know, we can sit and take the Michael out of it and have a giggle about that. Don't want to have to do that though. <laughs> I mean, to enjoy you, the... I, I, you know, I mean, I, I, you have to, I guess. The problem is, right? We are all very emotional about this game because we have played it for so long. You have We're to, invested. I guess, yeah, yeah and, and you have to take a little bit of a step back and. Just just play a few rounds when, when you have fun, stop when you don't have fun anymore. And I guess take also like the death blocks with a little less emotion. Like if I read the submarine, I could death block, like I could get very angry about it. 
But, uh, you know, at some point you just have to sigh and be like, uh, well, we we have to live with it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately we do. But yeah, I mean, uh, also, you you said you don't have a problem with, like, the tier 11 ships. Me neither, you know? I feel like there could be a lot of fun. And a lot of it depends on, obviously, how how they are then balanced, because a lot of those mechanics... Like, I mean, the the Hanover has better secondaries. I don't feel like that will break anything. The autoloaders, they have already rebalanced them some. They are, like... I don't know, like, I mean, the idea is I think that you have a short-term burst and then you go for a longer reload if needed. It's a bit like a reload booster, but different, in a sense. I was going to say, it sounds very much like, basically, they're just trying to tweak the mechanic of the Austin. Yeah, yeah, in a sense, right? But it, it's it's in a sort of a more extreme version of a reload booster. Hmm. Again, it's how far can they push it? yeah. But at least I've decided that I need a new tier for this and don't do it at tier 10. So we will mm-hmm. we'll have to see how it turns out. Like the mm-hmm. originally, I think the French was too strong and the US was too pointless. And there are already tweaks announced to those. I haven't tried them out myself. But we we, we got to find out, I guess. And they're already clearly very worried about the uh, Yamagari as well. Because they've not given the Yamagari any sort of special features. Yeah, it's literally just tops that you can switch between in battle. Yeah, you can literally just decide whether whether your industrious little crew are going to load the deep waters or the non-deep water torpedoes. Oh, one of them deep water? Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing with the selectable torpedoes. You've got deep water and you've got non-deep water torpedoes. Yeah, and I think one are twelve and one are twenty kilometers, right? Yeah, range twelve, range twelve k, and one's range is twenty k. I mean, I, I I like in a sense that flexibility because that the twenty kilometer mm. torpedoes are so situational. I mean, once in a while I played in a shimmer for for fans and giggles because you can still do well with them, but they're just the twelve are usually better. There are very rare situations where you want the twenties. And you never yeah. get into them when you load the 20s. It's like when you play that 20-kilometer shimmer, You've in your mind you are like, what if I get into this situation and it would be cool and it never happens? Hmm. But if you could switch them in-game, mm-hmm. that would obviously make them a lot more useful. So I, I, in a way, I, I like that, that you have more flexibility. Obviously, you need to look at how it's balanced because uh, they, they're going to have like also three more tops and shimmer tops hurt. If you have oh, yeah. like... Uh, 18 suddenly instead of 15 and you have the additional flexibility of bringing out the 20s when you need it's this is this is hard to balance it might be going I mean, a bit overboard there this is a sort of off topic but there's a i think there's probably a reason why after was it last year we had the the kitsukasi yeah that was it um back for a little bit and that's just kind of disappeared off into the void again so i think even with their attempts to rebalance that for tier 10 it's still no they've balanced the game around the kitakami now because they've taken off team damage let's be brutally brutally honest okay we know I, i mean you know we don't know no because obviously if we did know we couldn't talk about it because 
I don't know about you guys, but my point of view is that you know we were under NDA in the program. Everything yeah. we knew then was still, and we, and we know now, it's still under NDA unless it's been released. So obviously, you know, we don't go into that. But I, it, it doesn't take a genius. You don't have to look at it and think, oh well, we can't put Kitakami in because previously it had the highest kills, uh, the highest team kill ratio ever of a, anything put into the game, excluding maybe old world artillery and world of tanks. But it's now, you know, they've now literally gone to the game and said, you know what, what's stopping us selling this shit that clearly everybody wants to buy? Well, the fact that it does so much team damage. Okay, well, let's take away team damage. Ta-da! Problem solved. And, you know, if you want to go pink in World of Warships quick, just give them about a month, month and a half, because Christmas um, and Christmas boxes, <laughs> you know, you'll soon be able to go pink for Christmas after spending God knows how much on boxes, because it's going to be in boxes. Let's, we, we know, we, we've it's all got it, guess. we all know. It's, it's in our gut, isn't it? Happens. I mean, we know that Marlborough's coming, we know that Incomparable's coming, we know that Repulse is coming, these have all been announced, this isn't nothing new. It, you know, we all know that Christmas boxes are on, on the way, on the, I mean, you know, I, I don't know if we want to jump ahead a bit, but in the dev box, they actually say they're going to tell us what the drop rates of all oh, the yeah. ships in the boxes are going to be. Which, you know what, I, I will say that's strike one for us, for everyone who walked out and everyone who said, look, mm-hmm. this is, you know, and the fact that they're doing that, they're doing it ahead of schedule, which is good, but, you know, let's well, you know we're doing it. There. I think we covered this in the last... The last podcast we did a bit, um, obviously we've had a little more detail since then, but yeah, it's like from November, new stuff from November onwards, and then basically they aim to have everything done by next April. So yeah. even stuff like the Black Friday. The Black Friday is not included. Is it not? I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Well, if you read, the, if you read, if you, like you said, you know, they said they want to read from November onward. Mm-hmm. Black Friday is out, Black Friday is supposed to be roughly the 26th of November. Or in short, just before this. What they're saying in that in that about in that blog. So I'd like to see it done sooner. I think we all would. But with what they're saying in terms of dates and time you know what they're saying in terms of times and things on there, I don't expect it. They said that, I mean the um, They've said they they've said they're going to do it for the Santa uh, with the complete drop rates for each ship in the Santa gift containers be disclosed. Yes, we will share that. Super containers, frankly, super containers I can give or take because you either get them or you don't get them. Um, you know, mm-hmm. the stuff that's in super containers is buying the camos and the fact that you know you can no longer farm debt flags um, is really good. But you know, I don't mind super containers with it being you know you, you've got a chance of getting the End of the day, super containers are free in the game. You know, you, you either get them or you don't get them, or you spend your your recruitment points on it and get it. It's fine. I can live with that. Um, you know what I can't live with is the fact if I'm going to exchange cash for anything, and I don't know what my chances are. And I think that's that. I think that the fact that we're going to see that, I'd like to see it for the Black Friday crates, but I don't think we will do. If we do, I, 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 I I'd be quite happy. I have found in an earlier dev blog, big upcoming yearly activities such as Black Friday and New Year will therefore already be affected by this change. It's in on the... Okay. 
on the previous one. 7th of October. Yeah, random mechanics and drop rates. Yeah, there is a sentence in there. That they, they oh, say... I'm remembering then. Okay. <laughs> they, they say afterwards, starting in November, all new containers will be sold and disclosed, but they say earlier in a, in a line that Black Friday will already be affected. Do you know what? I actually well, feel... They're committed to it, so let's hope that they stick to that. Yeah. Yeah. But we didn't see it. We didn't see a perfect example of the World of Warships community, though, didn't we? They announced that they showed the image. They're saying, "Look, here's what we here's what we're doing, so you can see the drop rate and understand mm-hmm. your chances and everything." And what's the one thing that everybody picked up on and took the piss out of? I think they had like a, a flag wrong or something or name. Yeah, that they had a Dutch flag next to the Dunkirk. Rather than, you know, reading and seeing, actually, you know what, here is, here's their statement of intent, and here is a piece of action that we can link back to that statement of intent. No, no forget that. You put a Dutch flag next to a ship. It's like there's the bigger things going on in that article than a Dutch flag next to a ship. Granted that for some people that's a really big thing, but it's, it's typical of the problems that we are going to see whenever they do stuff. Because on one hand... There's the big change. Look, we're going to show you there's, there's, there's the drop rate for the ship. There's mm-hmm. your chance of getting the ship. But because of one simple mistake, everybody ignores that and goes, ah. <laughs> so when are we getting this Dutch Dunkirk? Ah. And, you know, and, I, and yeah, I don't know if you guys saw any. I saw a few tweets that Chromatica did. Um, Chromatica is the NA. Yeah. Social media, social media manager. She's a really, really nice person, and she tries very, very hard. And she, you know, she got so much stick just for a flag that it's the same colours. It's just different way around, and nobody picked up on the fact. No, everybody picked up on that rather than what the article was about, and that's one thing that is a little bit. I feel a little bit sorry for. I would, I would kind of more, to be honest, that specific thing, I would ch- more chalk that up to social media just being kind of inherently a dumb medium in a lot of ways. Yeah. But it's I, mean, that that, I mean, for me, it's the fact that everyone just picked up on that rather than saying, thank you for letting us know about the change, really good, or mm-hmm. you know, whatever people thought about it. Nobody took a blind bit of notice about it at all. They all just ranted, raved, and took the mic about a flag in a picture. And yeah, it, yeah, it is social media being social media. But yeah, this is this is where I'm very odd amongst all of us because I don't like seeing that. I, I don't like pe- I don't like it when we see people just jump on a bandwagon and follow it rather than thinking actually look at what actually is going on behind it. It's a picture. Pictures, you know, you can you can put a million different pictures up. And what you know, what what one person sees as one thing, one person sees another. You show somebody from Hindu an image of. Um, I suppose the best one is the is is the Hindu and Nazis, isn't it? They both have an image that's they both have an image together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You show you show someone from Hindu. You show Hindu uh, someone someone who's a practicing Hindu that image versus uh, is it Hindu wow. or is it Buddhism? I can't actually remember. But yeah, it's two different people. Yeah, Mm. two different people, the same image. They have two different views on it. Um, An image is an image. 
what it means to one person, it doesn't mean to another person. Read the words and read what's actually been included in it. Yeah, context matters, basically. Context is a big thing. Yeah, it, it's always a shame when, when like, uh, it, it's, it, I, I understand that a lot of people are just uh, not very happy with full gaming, so they latch on on everything that they can find just to vent the mm. frustration. But if you want to mend this rift and if you want to make get this game to a better place. So both sides need to come together. And when Wargaming does something good, you need to acknowledge it and be like, yeah, that's the right step in the direction. We want more of that. And then if they yeah. do something bad, then you can uh, give criticism again and be like, no, that, that that's really not what we want, right? It's yeah. always best if, yeah, if you... If you're not at least trying to be even-handed, if you're only there to just like continuously bash on them, then that's a very different agenda. Really? Yeah. Which I think some people do take that that uh, that view of things. Oh yes. So yeah, we can't. I guess we kind of finished with super ships. Is there anything else we yeah. want to? Like, at least they're making an effort with this dev blog to point <laughs> out that. And and to be fair to them, I mean, the average person's grasp of. Statistical anything is probably not great. I mean, there's the True. famous thing of um, I can't remember which burger chain it was, in out or somebody, but it, uh, some US burger chain that was like, right, we're going to outdo McDonald's quarter pounder, and we're going to offer people a third pounder. Oh yeah, that and was... then and then it did really poorly because people thought that the third pounder was less than a quarter pounder. And were like confused about that, so like oh, even it, just uh, that kind of really simple yeah, was kind of number, you know, was enough to to, to trip people. But yeah, um, yeah I mean, they, they kind of make the point here that that statistics and probabilities is not necessarily like it's it's not an easy to intuit thing necessarily. Yeah. My fun and games, though, don't take it away from me. <laughs> story I, I'm sorry you, you, you both know how much yeah, of a geek yeah, I am yeah. when it comes to this and how much of a stickler I am with it so whenever they put any numbers up if I've got if I could disprove or draw a, a, an intangible line I will draw the intangible line on it and on this occasion uh, you know, and on this occasion only, almost. What was written and what they said in terms of the numbers, in terms of the drop rates and everything like that, was more important than taking the mick out of them for, you know, showing the probability of getting a, a, you know, showing the probability of getting the Dutch Dunkirk, which if if I want to stick on it, and okay, damn well I will then, um, it should have had a zero above it. <laughs> Should have, but I mean, it doesn't. You know, yeah. the flag doesn't. The, the flag. Yeah. You know, when you say the flag doesn't matter, you know that there's going to be there's going to be people going, "Oh, you don't like nation X flag? Who's wrong? Are you?" No, it's none of that. I don't care where you're from. I'm friends with anybody. More about what it shows and what it is. That's the more important thing for me. Yeah, I agree there. I'm definitely going to be interested to see how this works out. For like, it's going to be a while before we 
necessarily see the full impact, but what that that revealing of of drop rates will mean for I mean, only Wargaming will know what it'll mean for for them in terms of, mm-hmm. of sales, but also what it might mean then in terms of what they, you know, like the kind of offerings that they then decide to make to their players. Like, is it going to change how they do things with containers and crates? And I'll, I'll make a prediction for you both. Things. I'll give you both a prediction, and here's... Here's what here's what's been mulling over in my head since they since since they put out a couple of these dev blogs on this. I think we're going to go back. Not I, I think maybe it's going to take two years, maybe two and a half. I think we're going to go back to how it was around about patch seven point two ish. So patch seven point two was where they first was I think if I remember the numbers correctly that's when we did the, that's when they did the. Royal Navy destroyers, and that was the first ones. If I, if, we, if I get it right in my head, I have to double check it. But that's where they first did the random loot box sort of thing uh, for that wasn't Christmas, that wasn't Halloween, mm-hmm. it wasn't anything like that. But where they actually did the Royal Navy destroyer reveal, you know, how you could get them out of the box and things like that. Mm-hmm. Prior to that, if you wanted to get the ship, yes. Sometimes, for example, Black Fridays and Christmas and stuff like that, if there was a special ship that was coming out, you could simply exchange pounds, pence, and shilling for it, or you could buy the boxes. I think that's what we're going to end up going, that model will be going back to, mm-hmm. because then, you know, you're giving us, the customer, us, the players, the choice that, right, okay, here is ship A. You can either buy it, or you can gamble for it. Choice is yours. If you want to buy it outright, there you go. Exchange, job done, it's yours. If you don't want it, you don't buy it. It's absolutely fine. Or if you want to try and get it cheaper, you can buy it in the boxes. If they go down that route, my gut tells me that you'll get people who will spend, who will view it and say, well, if I can get the ship for that much, I'll get that for that much and be done with it. Those that they're not interested in taking risk. They're not interested in you know being told you have to gamble to get it, and you might get thousands of camos that you don't want. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. how, how many mm-hmm. of us have got Halloween camos that don't use them? How many of us? Are, this is going to sound really weird for an Englishman, and I apologise, but I have got racks of Union Jack camos. I don't use them because they've got such poor bonuses. <laughs> you know, if you give it a decent bonus, I'd use it. But you know. These other, these other camos that we've been given for free that have got better bonuses, and I use them. Um, but, you know, if you give me the option, can I go and buy the Marlborough for 55 quid? Or can I get it in boxes and I'll have to spend 30, 60, 70, 80 for a chance to get it? Like, okay, I'll just buy it outright. Job done. I'm happy. Whereas, you know, somebody might, might say, you know, actually, I could do with some coal, I could do with some flags, I could do with some camels, I could do with some free XP. I'll grab some boxes and give it a go, and if I get it, woo, if I don't, I've got stuff that I want. That's how it used to feel to me as a player before I joined the program and when mm-hmm. I was playing the game. You know, send me the boxes. The only thing I can see them, the only other thing I could see them doing that I think would be a big improvement um, is potentially bringing on what Gaijin do. So a lot of people say that Gaijin don't do loot boxes. Um, 
Sorry, you're wrong. They do. Um, it's in the game. 300 gold, 299 golden eagles, or whatever they call them. Golden doobody, what's it thing is. And you've got about eight or so in a row, and you can either get your doubloons, you can get, get your doubloons plus one back. Mm-hmm. You can get premium time and stuff like that, or you'll get the vehicle. However, they only let you go to a certain level on the boxes before you actually get the vehicle outright. And it works out to be about the same as if you were buying it cash in hand, which are guys are quite expensive. They're like 60 quid or something like that for the, ve- the, ve- the vehicles. Yeah, depending on the tiers, yeah, they're kind of even, they've gotten to the point even where more. it's even more so than warships and tanks. Yeah, but they have loot boxes in the game that you can get certain vehicles mm-hmm. at certain battle rating, but you won't spend more than if you bought it outright. The only difference being. If you buy the if you buy the eagles for the box to get the boxes, you get more back than just and vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, but they also have that player market as well, which is a den of iniquity, uh, which is scary. And I'm glad we don't have that in warships, even though we have just seen what I consider to be the biggest con of all times just occur. That nobody, nobody, none of the current CCs, none of the XCCs, none of us. Well, I don't know if you guys did. I might have missed it. If I did, I'll hold my hands up and say I'm sorry. I, I, I don't know. Um, the biggest con of all time, I think, in World of Warships was the Schlieffen. Ah, uh, you mean with fifth, like the option? Yeah, that was that was kind of <laughs> that was a huge con. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's, there's no other way of putting it. It's a huge con because you to get a Schlieffen yeah. in the last podcast. Because the thing is, to get that sleeve, to get that ship, you had to pre-agree to buy however many thousand doubloons you wanted to bet on. Hmm. And if you didn't mm-hmm. get it, all you're left with is an account with a stack of doubloons on. And you know, would you buy those doubloons any? Because would you would you buy those doubloons normally? For me, no, not a kind else chance. It's a tech tree ship. I'll get it for free just by using my free XP when it goes live. You know. You know, all these good intentions, all these statements of intent. Oh, we want to do this, we want to do better, we want to, we want to understand the community better, but here you go, gamble away, and you have to give us X number of pounds worth of money to make our accounts look good before we can even tell you whether a thousand of you are lucky enough to get a sleeve from. Yeah, do, doing that as a. Doing it that way. Yeah, it, it is absolutely like. It's. it's Taking monetization of, of tech tree ships to the nth degree, mm. uh, it's absolutely like it doesn't get more FOMO than that, basically. Yeah, because people, some people are just going to have the doubloons sat around anyway, but there are going to be other people who are like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll mm-hmm. skip the grind. I'll just buy a bunch of doubloons and try try an obscene bid and see if that works, kind of thing. And the fact that it's kind of like an uncapped bid, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I think someone was saying you had to use, was it 20, was it 25 or 26,000 doubloons was the lowest bid or something that's been banded around. Right. Um, which, if that's the case, then you would have personally put in not short a 70 quid into the game. For a tech tree ship. <laughs> for a tech tree ship that you'll be able to get for free. So you, you've spent 70 pounds just to be able to turn around to people and go, eh, look what I got four weeks before you. It's, you know, it's it's not a fashion statement. It's a stupidity statement. 
but but you have yeah. to you have to say like they used to gamble away the tier nines like they have pin people who spent what what could you spend on like the 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 last one like on the Dutch so if you went through all random battles you spent what seventy thousand doubloons for a tier nine yeah seventy two thousand doubloons so that it's was pretty bad but it's not limited to a thousand it's not cranking yeah. up the FOMO so, yeah that's to that's, the that's true that's true. But I mean, how, how, I mean that, spending that much on the game, if you're going to, it would be so much better for value for money if you knew where you were going to play the game. Just buy premium time. Yeah, I mean, and that's the and that's the thing. You Especially know. with a tech tree ship that you can yeah. just grind quicker using that premium yeah. time and get all the other benefits but of premium about time it like this, everything and- else. At least they did it with a tech tree. Imagine if they put on like a kamikaze or a battle fast or something like that. That would feel like truly scammy because if that's the only way to get it, that would like that would feel like really scammy. I think. Well, for well, a tech tree ship, it's that. like you know, it's it's up to you, right? If you really want to spend that much money, I mean, it's a bit of a scammy way how they they give if the early access away, but in the end of the day, I feel like you just need to be a bit patient. Everyone can get it. So it's at least, it's at least, and I don't know. I feel, I've mixed feelings about this because in one way, it's a scummy way of doing it. And the other way, I feel like, okay, it's a tech tree ship, right? So nobody f- should feel forced to do it. If they do it, do it with though, a bell fast, then I'd feel like real, it, it would be really bad. These mechanics, they're all about manipulating people. Mm-hmm. And playing on 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 people wanting to you know click a button. I mean, yeah, p- people people want to have everything thing. and they want it right now instead of waiting like two months and then having to grind for it. But I don't know. I I mean, like, I mean, you're right. It would be worse if it was some super rare premium ship. And like I said, Willow Tanks has done this. They did this with the the gold type fifty nine and the gold. What was it? The... <laughs> Yeah, the, 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 the heavy tank. Gun. I can't remember what it was now. But. Oh, that was that QEZ eleven thing. It was basically yeah. yeah, that yeah, the one that basically I think it was twenty five million credits or something was the was the bid to yeah. get, get in on that. Yeah, <laughs> it, so I mean, was... yeah, I mean, you know, you mentioned five fifty nine. Funny story for you. Somebody I know spent twenty five thousand gold to get it. Yeah. Do you remember when they did? Um, they did a series of. They did a series about a month afterwards, and you got a random. It was another follow-on to the black market on World of Tanks, and the final thing you could unlock for fifteen hundred gold was a key to unlock a, another bite of a cherry, mm-hmm. and it would cost you five thousand gold, so substantially less. Mm-hmm. Than the twenty five thousand everybody bought. My type fifty nine got my type fifty nine gold cost me five thousand gold. I don't buy that. You know, I got a tier, I got a tier eight for fifteen. I got a tier eight premium matchmaking gold type fifty nine for fifteen quid. And everybody else spent how much on it? <laughs> I, I you know I am. Um, this may. Kind of not shock some of you. It might shock you a bit. I'm a bigger, I'm a, I'm a bigger supporter on whale, I suppose you would call me, in World of Tanks than I am in World of Warships. Even though I play World of Warships more than I play World of Tanks now, because there's only really mm-hmm. the campaign vehicles and a couple of the Bond vehicles that I don't have in World of Tanks. I've still 
maintained it. I, this is how bad I was in World of Tanks. And you, nobody, not many people know this except for the guys who I play with in Bobs and stuff. You know the Defender and the Object 252U? Yeah? Uh, so I don't they, know. They, I mean, they were the ridiculously broken ones in World of Tanks. I've got four of them because I've got them on my EU <laughs> and my NA account. I've, I've got two Alpine WZ111, WZ11. I've got two, I've, I've, I'm ashamed to say this. I've, I've virtually got two accounts that have got quite a lot of the stuff on it. That's how bad I am with World of Tanks. I'm still... I'm still doing it now. But, but, but do you it. have do you have the how was it called Panzer, Panzer something J? Yeah. yeah, got a Panzer two J on both accounts. <laughs> I, I've got a B, I've got a BTSV on both accounts. I, I should say I have a Panzer two J as well, but it was gifted to me by a completely ridiculously generous viewer. Uh, someone that said they were a friend of Jingles, actually. It was kind of out of the blue, and I had to I'd actually checked with the Jingles because it felt... Because it was a yeah. huge amount of... It was like the Panzer 2 and it was like a huge pile of doubloons, and technically yeah. we were buying the doubloons and getting the 2J as a bonus. But yeah, I was yeah. like, wait, is this for real? And it turned yeah. out, yeah, no, it was... It was in fact, right, the, you, the only way you could, the only way you could get it... The reason I got my 2J on my EU account was... Um, April Fool's Day, they put it on sale. They slipped it into the premium shop, didn't tell anybody. And I saw it in there on April Fool's on the morning. Cause <laughs> I, I was there and I was there. I thought, nah, you, I'm going to, I'll buy it. I'll just get a load of doubloons and a ha ha, we joked in message on the screen. I thought it's a full on joke, this. And I still went ahead and bought it because like, it's a 2J, it's for sale. Oh, bye, bye. So I bought it <laughs> and it's there in the account. I'm like, it's not an April Fool's. <laughs> And I sent a message, he's, uh, he's Mummy85 it is. Um, him, and, him and me used to be completely against each other collecting. Who could collect the most? Mm-hmm. It, it was ridiculous. We should never have got into it. It's, it's literally like a full-on arms race. <laughs> Who can get the most premium times the quickest? Um, yeah, whole, yeah, he was there and he, he was like, is it real? And I was like, well, I've just clicked buy and it's in my garage. No, it's not. Well, go on, there you go. Invite you to a platoon. Look, it's there. And he's like, right, mine. Ball. And he's like, oh, wow. But yeah, we've done some shit. We, we I mean, you know, people take the mic out. People take the mic and call people whales and stuff like that for how much they get attached attached to a game and spend on it. World of Tanks. I was that. I, I I was that person. World of Warships, to a degree, before before we joined the program, I was that person. I'm Wargaming's number one customer. Unfortunately, I'm addicted to the games. I openly admit that I'm addicted to the games because I like playing them. I have mm-hmm. so much fun with them. I don't like you know since going since joining the CC program and since you know the politics, getting into the politics side of it and seeing all the the dross and the crap and everything that goes on behind it and sitting, you know, seeing all the arguments and everything. I have to detox that out of me to just say, look, I'm having fun playing the game. Swivel. Don't care about what you're doing in the back end. Don't give a toss about anything else. I'm going to play the game how I want to play the game and have fun. End. If I want to spend money on it, I'll spend money on it. But at the minute, I don't want to spend money on it 
but I still want to, um, you know, the collector in me, mm-hmm. the hoarder, the mm-hmm. I must have it, is still strong. So I'm currently a very contrived person because Kerosy has just come out. You know, it's like, fucking hate you, I don't like you, shit, but I want to buy that shit. Um, At least you yeah. can get it for coal without spending money. I'm it. trying to work out if I'm going to have enough coal afterwards to get the Toulouse when she comes out. Um, because, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see who wins. We'll see what wins out. I might just skip this one and be, for the first time ever skip something, um, which will feel weird, actually, to not have it in the account. Um, but, yeah, no. So there you go. That's, that's the, there you go. Something you never thought you'd get on your podcast there. Eh? Actual confessions of a wargaming addict who spends <laughs> ridiculous amounts. I, I sat down and I, I scared myself brickless, uh, for a better word of it. You know how you can pull out of um, world of uh, out, out of uh, PayPal, you can pull out all your payments, and mm-hmm. because I do Excel, I put it all in the sheet. Yeah, I scared myself with how much I spent on wargaming products since 2012 when I started playing World of Tanks. Um. Conservatively, it's almost touching uh, five figures. Okay, I, I, I mean, now feel like a pretty though, small way. You always have to look at these things in the context, though, of like how much you've played the game. If you'd spent that much and barely played the game, then that would definitely I would so, say, be a problem. Yeah. But... So, World of Tanks, I'm knocking on. I'm knocking on 85,000 games on both accounts combined, mm-hmm. excluding test servers and stuff like that. Uh, World of Warships, I'm knocking on ten. I'm almost knocking on ten thousand on my EU account and about a thousand on my NA, but that doesn't include alpha testing and stuff like that. Um, I also don't really play any other game mm-hmm. outside of tanks and outside of ships. That's changed over the last six months. Um, you know, last six months I've got into Space Engineers, I've got into DayZ, a game that I shouldn't like, but for some reason I'm, I do. PUBG, a game I shouldn't enjoy, but I do. I don't know why. I, I just, you know? I can't see you as a PUBG player somehow, but yeah, okay. Oh, um, unbelievable. I, you know, as, as Flambast yeah. and Stats, I've run them both over while being kicked out of the game. Um, <laughs> you know, um, you know, Phasmophobia. Yeah, you know, I can't play Phasmophobia mm-hmm. on my own. I can't play it in a random lobby or anything like that. I can play it with my friend. I can play it with people who are my friends. Um, you know, War Thunder, a game I kind of, when it, anyway, I got into it in 2014 when it came out. And then it was like, yeah, but, you know, and the only reason I got into it was because of the shit show that was otherwise known as World of Warplanes, which is still... It, still somehow it is, exists. The thing is, you know what? There's a, there's a lovely guy called the Noble Q. Um, he's a really lovely guy. He, does, he, streams every mo- he streams in the morning before he goes to work. Um, which is normally when I'm getting, when, normally when I'm getting up, sitting at my work mm-hmm. desk at home, cup of coffee, and I'll say hello to him, have a look with him. He's the nicest guy ever, and he's his exact words about it were that the people who still play it are the ones who love it, and it, that you know, it, it's that it literally is a game that's being kept alive for a very 
very loyal player base. And, you know, those that play it love it. For me, I had the mistake of I had the War Thunder flight model mm-hmm. and I had the World of Warplanes flight model at that time. And there is no way on earth that the World of Warplanes flight model was anything even a, even a, a milli percent on the, the War Thunder flight mm-hmm. model. It was just, it was so, it was so many streets ahead. Things have changed now. The World of Warplanes flight model is, it is immeasurably better. But unfortunately for me, and this is for me as a player of both, too late. I've, I've you know, it's, it's, it's too far down the line. I, mm-hmm. I, I can't get any enjoyment out of it. That, that's that's the, the kind of the, uh, the history of that game now, is they just yeah. pushed it out far too soon. And... Yeah, they, they tried to go to war with Gaijin. And, you know, you, you, you try and rush something. I mean, <laughs> yeah, we're talking about rushing something out. Submarines. Oh, um, yeah. You know, try and rush something out that people aren't either ready for or. I mean, can any of you ever remember anything in the history of wargaming where 95.5% of the player base have said, nope, stuff it? I I can't remember. Even CV rework wasn't anywhere near a 95.5% rejection. I think the only thing I can think of that maybe is in that same league is when they introduced the stunning mechanic to artillery and world of tanks, and nobody really seemed to like that at all. Yeah, I think that's the only thing that came close, wasn't it? Was was uh, was that stun stun mechanics are never a good idea in games. They never go down the, well, but it, people keep the, trying them. The At least you know, taken, player versus player. Yeah, I mean, it's what it's taken. Stun mechanic was put in two two and a half years ago. Was it now in tanks? About two and a half years ago, maybe. Yeah, it might be longer. But it's taken that long for the players to accept it because they've now introduced wheeled vehicles, haven't they? In there, like like about a year ago, and that now it doesn't matter. You you might have been an ardent and arty hater before, but now all of tractor vehicle drivers hate anybody using a wheeled vehicle. It's it's a it's a very unique. Do you know what I, I'll say now? It's a very unique feeling to have somebody in a heavy tank and somebody in an artillery message you after a game when you played in a wheeled vehicle, both with the same thing saying no. It's it, it's it's quite a new. It, it's it's laughable and it's awesomely funny. The fact that two polar opposites before who would quite easily rip each other to shreds in chat and stuff like that and call each other the worst things under the name and now united in their hatred of one thing. It's it, it, it's wonderful. It's it's wonderfully <laughs> it's wonderfully just so crazy it's untrue. Yeah I, I've stopped playing World of Tanks when they introduced personal missions, so I've never experienced a stun mechanic, the weird vehicles or anything then. Like personal missions, like they killed the game for me. Well, missions made the game more fun for me because I was in, I, I was kind of at the point where the only other things I had to go for was the Bat Fifty A and the GWE One Hundred. Um, you know, I'm afraid I was one of the early adopters of the of of the of the T ninety two and the Concrete Gun Carriage. Well, I can't oh, judge too much. I've got CGC as well. Oh yes, I know. I used to watch you playing. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was almost disowned my circon for that, I think. Yeah, I it, my my abiding memory of that is the one hits on the Yeagerus when they were when they had twenty two hundred HP. Yeah. And the, the lovely message you got afterwards. <laughs> that used to be I mean, it was. It was by far the worst vehicle, the most filthy, disgusting thing in the game. No, there was something more disgusting. And that, oh, well, was the, that was the T ninety two with AP before they when before they removed. Okay, AP. I thought you were going to say the old the oh, uh, the Waffentrager. The Waffentrager, yeah. Oh no, the Waffentrager was fun because the Waffentrager used to go up against it in the one eight three load HE, and it was a one hit because he had yeah it. it was like thirty millimeters on that ridiculous yeah, Darth Vader turret. You just, <laughs> hit, you just you know that and that actually do you know what. I know we're talking. I know World. Of, I know we're all World of Warships, but there's more memeage now back in World of Tanks with the fact that they're trying to. You know what? We're gonna we 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 in warships hate the he spammers, especially the fact that they're now going to introduce a full Tetri line of he spammers. And yet, how much of a polar opposite is it? KV two. Anything with the 122mm Russian derp in about tier 5 and tier 6 used to be the most fun vehicle you could just literally queue up and play. The simple pleasure of hitting something square in the side of the KB2 and watching it just disappear, no matter what tier you were against. I mean, how many times did, how many times did either of you two purposefully fail platoon a KV2? with like a tier 8 or a tier 9 because you could, and you knew that if you saw a leopard on the other team, he'd be scared shitless of you. I never failed Division the KV2, but I had a lot of fun in it, in, in its property. Oh, you, yeah, you, you, no, 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 you're, you're missing out. <laughs> you're, you're missing out on the sheer pleasure of seeing a leopard one come round the corner, see you, and back up without even trying to shoot you. It's... There really, there really was nothing better than that, except catching one as it was trying to get away around the corner and getting stuck on the cliff and then just planting <laughs> one straight in the back of it. And it was like 1,100 damage. Zinc. And of course, because you're a tier 6 and a tier 10, your XP and credits were ridiculous. I don't, yes, don't really apologise. did that much, but um, I do have an abiding memory. This is just reminded me of it. Of uh, it, was, it was actually a viewer replay someone sent me. Uh, they're in a KV2, and it was like normal matchmaking, but they were bottom tier. And they happened to get just the most narrow shot into the side armor of, uh, I think it was like an AC 48 or something like that. Oh, a thin side armor. Just straight up, because they rolled high with the HE, just straight up yep. deleted it in one shot. It was just the most glorious, filthy thing ever. The thing is, though, I, you know what? I apologize to my name was written in water in chat. Sorry, I know we've derailed and gone miles off topic. I apologise. But the thing is, better times though, Better times in wargaming products where we all had fun and just laughed and giggled about them. Yeah, I think, I think those True. days for me were attacks are long gone. But, I, you know, it still kind of applies in, in warships, kind of. The, the thing is, I think there's more... The, the, those kind of memories, as they are now, and they are just memories now, you know, I don't see the newer player ba- the newer players coming in being able to experience that other than, you know, videos on YouTube, you know, that might initially get their interest in the game, 
but they can't do it anymore. It doesn't exist. You know, that's what the game was. This isn't what it is now. Yeah. Yearning for better times. (laughs) I mean, it it has... World of Warships has felt a bit more off in the last weeks, I feel like, in, in the sense that you really have a feeling that these days most people in a battle don't know what the front and the rear end is of the ship. That's about the average experience of the player in a battle these days. And it, it has really... Because, I mean, there were always uh, bad players, Sean. There were always weird battles around, right? But, like, in, in the last weeks, it really feels like anybody who, who knows what the front of a ship is has has basically left. You're saying that. Have you seen a picture of the carousage? <laughs> <laughs> the carousage has been designed for that, isn't it? Because the front and the back look mm. the same. And the fact is, it's, the fact is, it doesn't have any rake on its funnel either, so it could be going either way. So it's been built yeah. for your comment. <laughs> I mean, walking we already knew this would happen, and they were prepared. Well, you know, they do say they're planning two or three years in advance. True. <laughs> uh. Well, I mean, uh, to a bit more happy, well, somewhat happier news, I guess. There is a closed test of a new map. I mean, closed test means we aren't going to see it, but there are some screenshots. The new map is something that we've all been waiting for a long time. And there are some screenshots where we can see, like, the islands. Obviously, they show us all the favorite game mode for us all epicenter. That's uh, also going to be a thing on this map. Uh, but also domination. It's, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you can't see how high those islands are, so it's going to be hard to evaluate, but I don't know. I mean, it's... Uh... It doesn't seem like it's anything too radical. Probably the most yeah. interesting thing in this article is that there's no mention of it being tested in the standards game mode. It's just domination yeah. epicenter and this uh, um, competitive oh, yeah. domination mode. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, domination, 12v12 domination with three cap circles, that's pretty much stand, that, that, that's becoming more and more standard now than you know, the straight-out slugfest of 12v12 with two caps. Um, I mean, yeah. I've always preferred one to the other. I've made no secret of that. Oh, yeah, Epicenter has always been a pain in the neck. It's, for me, Epicenter is a... I think it's like you said, it's the lack it's the fact that people don't know the W key or choose not to press yeah. it. You know, the only way you can win epicenter is by contesting the epicenter and if you decide not to contest it, well, you know, you there's, there's no point playing the game. You you know, you're not you're not playing the objective, I believe is the uh, the correct word and the correct terminology. You know? It's just mentioning that this is going to be a hard map to contest the center on because when I look at the epicenter placement, right, there are like four islands on the edge, but there isn't going to be a real island that offers you cover while you are inside the camp. So basically, the raiders can safely approach and raid at the, the center while you have zero cover in there, and even worse, the islands are going to block your retreat in most options. So this looks like the perfect destroyer death trap. It is a very closed-in epicenter, yeah. Like, I mean, we will have to see the ranges, like how much radar can cover, but this this looks like they designed a destroyer death trap in the center. 
So there's a couple of points on there where potentially you can sneak in in a destroyer and you've got some cover. Um, but again, you know, without seeing the actual, without us actually being on the map and actually seeing in terms yeah. of, if you look at, you know, there's some points on there where the island is, you, you've got those little points on the island. If mm-hmm. anything, looking at that, I'd say that's more, that map is more unbalanced towards anybody who starts where the green spawn is on that image. Um, mm-hmm. Because you've got one, two, you've potentially got three positions whereby you can hide in order to either affect a cap or start a cap or start capping that center point with some relative safety. Whereas coming from the north, from the red spawn, there's pretty much, pretty much only one position I can see on there where you could be relatively safe from the from your opposition. Um, but without actually us getting time on the map, that's just me speculating, looking yeah. at that map design. You'd have to and see you- how high the islands are and what the dimensions are. And uh, hmm. you, you can probably, I mean, you can reverse into the center and then you probably have a way out. But it's going to be a, a very tricky, I guess. We'll see what it looks like in the final version. I mean, this is True. You know, probably going to change a bit, but I imagine the central concept won't change too much. We'll see. Okay, a new map. That's that's definitely something. So uh, we already dropped, uh, talked about the... the and the mechanic changes, then we have some uh, actual balance changes that uh, yeah. the, the new memes are, are coming out, in a sense. Uh, they they gave the Sao 2,000 more hit points. This is going to make all the difference, and Sao will now reign supremo. <laughs> Sometimes they make these... these. I mean, okay, we've said in the past that it, it probably is, is better that they're now at the stage of, you know, they make a little change here, and then one or two patches later they make a little change there. And it's easier to make fun of, but some of them do genuinely seem a bit baffling. Like, what's 2,000 hit points going to do for the Zao, exactly? Well, I suppose I mean, it's one through and through shell from a yummy, so, you know, it can make all the difference on that. <laughs> on that. I mean, the, the thing is, it's okay to make small changes, but the Knights have overdone it with the smallness of the changes in something. Like Pedro getting a half second first reload. Yeah, that, that was always the problem with the Pedro, right? That half second reload will mock it. It's not that it's incredibly tanky, it's so low in the water, it's not so easy to citadel the armor like scheme. No, no, this, these are not the problems. The problem was that it definitely fired half a second too fast. Like, when they said they are going to, to make some changes to, to like chips and they're looking into like Sao or Petro or Yu Yang and something like that. I was kind of, I guess, a little bit more optimistic, but I mean, obviously, they might just give another half second uh, nerf in, in, in one foot. Yeah, and I mean, you know, nerfing Stalingrad's reload because that's the biggest problem with Stalingrad. Stalingrad's actually in a really good position, and, you know, I've just got my Stalingrad. I've only just got my Stalingrad after, you know, the, being the first ship mm-hmm. that I got to test. No, I've just got my Stalingrad. Stop touching it already. I've not got a chance to ruin everybody's stats in it. Give me a chance to work on it. I mean, you know. I'm not I... Go on. Uh, since, since they nerfed the radar duration of Stalingrad, it's become uh, a lot more... De- well, okay, I'm looking at it mostly from like a destroyer perspective in that regard, I guess, but 
Stalingrad has always been a very popular ship, right? And the 12 kilometer radar is so disgusting to deal with as a destroyer, and having that lower duration has made it a lot more bearable in that sense. Obviously, um, it's still rather hard to kill. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's one thing that's always been the case that, you know, playing DDs, you don't, if you see Russian radar on the other side, yeah, it's a bit, you know, 12k range, mm-hmm. that's not great. But it's 12k for 25 seconds, and Let's be fair, the current meta of the game is that if a DD is spotted for, 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 for less than 30 seconds, people forget about it and don't shoot at it anyway. You know, that's, why people, that, that's why I'm more worried about the, about the American radar that lasts for 45 seconds plus, because then more and more people notice, oh, 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 and, and then you know, the last 15 or 20 seconds, they'll suddenly start shooting at you. You know, with the Russian radar, it's 25 seconds, you spy for 25 seconds, and then you disappear, job done, not a problem, you carry on zipping around and you disappear. Doesn't I mean, bother I, me. I'd say it depends a lot on the map, right? Because there are some, like uh, North, for example, has very strong radar positions for like a Des Moines or something like for US radar. But there are a lot of maps where like the Des Moines just doesn't cut it, for example, where the tent just isn't enough. Whereas Destroyer, you can just Sort of, I mean, depending on how the match goes, but there are a lot of caps as well, like, oh, it's a demon, it's fine, right? It, it mm-hmm. won't be able to do much, or it, I'll be in radar such a short time because I'm just only 200 meters inside it in order to cap or something like that. It's 10 is often, well, I mean, it depends on the map, but in, in a lot of maps, it's just not enough. And the 12 is just that much more scary, even if it's a lower duration. Yeah, I, like that doesn't, I, I I'm more worried about the American radar because it means there's something closer and I'm going to be spotted for a lot longer to get out of that radar than the 12K if I'm spotted and I can, you know, if I'm 12K away from any of the ships and I get spotted by radar at 12K, then, you know, you just reverse course and disappear and you might, you know, you, you're not too worried about it. The American one, because you're that much closer, um, it, that's what worries me a bit more with it and the fact that you're spotted for so much longer with it. But yeah. I, I'm, one thing I'm very happy with, by the way, that I, I keep very quiet about my love of it so that, you know, it, it doesn't get known too much, but they're buffing my buffalo. Yay! Yeah, there are some nice yeah. buffs on this list. I mean, we did kind of skip over to the Scar- Stalingrad, but um, FDR's getting a nerf. Always welcome. Not a big yes. one, though. Just to the yeah. plain health. Yeah, which is already ridiculous. Yeah. So, so well, actually, no, it's gone from utterly ridiculous to ridiculous. So, you know, it, it, yeah, it's a I... start. Well, yeah, there's, there's some that have gotten reload buffs. Buffalo, Kotovsky. I think we play the Kotovsky. don't know. I've played it very much. Uh... You Yang's getting a reload on its torpedoes. Yay! She's still kind of long. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh... Yeah. By the way, I like the set 44 buff, right? The set 44, when it came out, I basically said, if you give this ship better concealment, it's going to be an okay ship, but they refused. Well, the set 44 is basically, it was always just outclassed by a Hugomore, my opinion, right? And now it might actually be playable in that sense. Remind me, because we test, obviously, we were all, te- we all tested Z44. When we first got it, it had seven and a half kilometer detection, and then they nerfed it by increasing its detection. 
Uh, I don't remember, to be honest. I, I remember that, that when, <laughs> the only thing that I remember is that I, I when, the, when it was released, I said that it would be a decent ship with a better concealment. Because the problem is it's like it's 12 kilometer torpedo boat just with like German torps, so rather fast reload, low yeah. damage. But in a sense, it, it does the same as a Yu Yang, right? You, and not a Yu Yang, Yu It's, it's just a torpedo boat. Uh, and as a torpedo boat, you want good concealment. You want that stealth to do some spotting, to do some camping while you're torpedoing. Mm-hmm. And it just couldn't really do that with like 6.1. And now it goes down to what, like 5.8 or something. And that's a lot yeah. more reasonable, right? That, that makes the Z44 actually um, a ship more that viable. you might play. Yeah. But of course, we're, we're glossing over the really important changes here, guys, aren't we? A lot. The improvements to the yeah. secondary firing range of the Nino Bixar, the Chester, the Diana, the Diana Lima, the, <laughs> Almeida, the Almeida Brewer, the Chikuma, the Conti de Cabio, the Petra Veliki, the Iron Duke, the Hawkins, the Emerald, the Dallas, the Leander, the Devonshire, and of course that well-known secondary ship at Tier 9, the Uzimo. It does make me wonder what the small differences were, but it must be... I don't know. <laughs> I mean... Of all the changes they could have been making to the game. I mean, they say that those are bug fixes, so apparently there was just, you know. But uh... all the bugs that the game's got, I mean, come on, the biggest bug in the world, the biggest bug in World of Warships is the way that the port melts your GPU. Forget Uh... fixing the secondaries on T. I mean, (laughs) <laughs> tier 2 secondaries the only tier 2 secondaries that anybody cares about is the Macassar true you know frankly think... who, play, who plays the Emerald with a secondary build you can't it's a cruiser there are no secondary <laughs> exactly. skills anymore <laughs> uh... you know there's more you know, I mean I, quality of life changes that I think personally for me I think that the player base would prefer Number one, right at the top, stop the game rendering every bloody ship in your port so you don't sit there and cook with your GPU at 80 and 90 degrees, rendering three or 400 ships if you've got ports that big and causing it to bloody slow up and lag up. Just simple quality of life changes, not... Ugh, who plays any of those ships with a set? I mean, we're... Ozimo <laughs> secondary build. Really? Really? Mm. Really? Who? Who is that? Who? Where is that one player on all four servers who plays with that build? It's not me, because even I've learned. Is it I... you, Pointer? <laughs> <laughs> so I do love secondaries, but not that much. I still only spec secondaries on ships where that makes sense. A Dana, a tier <laughs> two Dana. Why? Why? I mean, of all the bug fixes, I'm sure that's not the only thing they've been working on, TC. But it's the fact that they're proud enough to put it in the dev blog. If they're going to yeah. put it in, we're going to 
mean the crap out of it. <laughs> you know what? Let's go and get an Iron Duke and a Petra Velikia. Let's secondary spec them. Why? Because apparently you've done something to them. Stop my PC melting! <laughs> Fix your, you know, put yeah. submarines in convoy mode. Get them out of randoms until you know what you're doing with them, right? Rather than change after change after change. Just anything except stuff that's just going to cause ridicule. I mean, you know, if we can, yeah. if we can take the mick and rip it apart like that for the meme, for the lol, for whatever. We miss all the stuff about the fact that you know what? Well, actually, they starting. You know, they've they've taken they finally six months, seven months, eight months, ten months, a year down the line. We're seeing changes to some of the most powerful ships in the game. We're seeing changes to some of the weaker yeah. ships in the game. You know, you you gloss over all of that because look at the stupidity that's going on. You know, you can say well done a hundred times, but the minute you go ha ha, look at that stupid mess, everyone goes ha ha, look at that stupid mess. We said it before. Context. That in context is not is not important. You know, nobody plays any of those ships secondary because a majority of them you can't. One or three of them, I question sanity on doing it. I do it, but I question sanity. I, I suppose you've a point that I don't think anybody would have missed it if they hadn't made a, a, a like a specific point of. of putting in a patch note about it, nobody would have, like, it's... I mean, it's a definitely got important. the patch note, right? In a patch notes, you have uh, a misc yeah. section where your bug fixes will list this up, but, like, putting it in a dev block with balance changes, it's... I mean, I don't really care that much, but it, it really, it's, it just screams memes. But then again, a lot of the changes they made scream memes too. Even though they are good changes, they're going in the right direction, nerfing the right ships, buffing the right ships, it's the values or the they are doing it like for example video to preload reduced for the yu yang right didn't like a few years back when they made the yu yang basically shit didn't they just they, they nerfed i think the tops and the guns right and they never buffed the guns again they have since then buffed the tops four times or so but uh hmm. never touched it like the thing is the yu yang might have been once upon a time a scary boat with radar but there are so many raider destroyers, right, on higher tiers that are so much scarier. And the young just doesn't have the gun power to actually pull the radar off and do something useful, right? You you press your radar button, then you shoot the enemy, and then you die because the enemy was a better gun boat than you. So the thing is, if you want to make the Yu Yang more viable, you might need to address other points than just buffing its torpedoes. I mean, I guess you can play her as like a smoke torpedo boat-ish, but you will not get that much out of it because there's also better options. And the deep waters are just no longer, I guess, the, the most scariest thing on the block. It it feels like they. It's nice that the Yu Yang deserved the buff for years, and it's nice that they're addressing that. But I feel like they are once again just missing the point, right? It's it's not really the slightly better torpedo re reload time that's gonna bring the Yu Yang back. I mean, Fu's made a good point in your chat there, saying that he, saying that he doesn't agree with us because everybody can just pile on a big issue. They need to communicate what they do when they make a change. The thing is, making changes to the game is fine, you know. And the changes that they've listed above this bug fix, bug fix note is fine. We, you know, I quite happily say I don't mind the fact that they're telling us about these buffs, telling us about these notes. That's brilliant. That's good. That's 
they've always done that in the dev blog. They've not maybe shouted about it loud enough, but they've done it. It's the fact that they then tack onto the bottom of such a, a public publication. Oh, by the way, we're fixing the secondary. We're fixing secondary, but secondary actions on these ships, and it's like, it, it, it to me, you know, yes, tell us what you're fixing, but if you're just doing a bug fix, there's a section called bug fix, like you said, miscellaneous bug fixes on the patch notes. Use that. That's fine. Just tell us about little your little tweaks and changes. Tell us about the big things that people are asking about. If people are saying, look, take Yu Yang, for example. You know, Yu Yang mm-hmm. was one of the better performing DDs. She wasn't miles ahead above everybody else. She was just slightly better performing. She's now tumbled to the bottom of the list. And when was the last time anybody saw a Yu Yang not in competitive in a random? You very rarely see many of the Pan Asian DDs in randoms now. People just People just don't play them. There's no appeal to play the line. So it's asking the why question. Yeah. It is a balance change. Is it? A, I don't know. Is it a balance change or is it not a balance change? Fix an issue in which... Uh, fix an issue because of which the secondary battery firing range of several ships didn't match the systemic values. That's just a number change. It doesn't say whether they've gone up or down for the individual ships because, of course, it could be... Yeah. It's yeah, it's it's a no tax on it. And you know I mean, to me that fix you know, a dev a dev blog you tell us about what you're devin, what you're changing, what's actually going on. The bug fix is I'd expect a game developer, any sort of developer, any sort of code writer, you do your dev you do your bug fixes continually. There's you know, no piece of code will carry on working seamlessly um without support. For anything. It could change the balance, but that again, the thing is food, like no, we just like the thing is we don't know what it is. It's a they classed it as a bug fix. What was the bug in the first place? Could you know how many people noticed it? How many people even mentioned it? That's the what what it is is not really what I'm pointing at. What I'm saying is that, okay, you fixed numbers in a statistic chart for it. Fine. I'd expect, I'd expect that as a given. What else have you been doing, though, that's more important than that? So, for example, if we're talking about balance changes, where's the, where's all, where's, you know, you've done a separate, you've done a, there's, there's a separate article on sub, on the submarines, two weeks of random battle testing. Yes. In it, there's very little, though, in the way of changes that they're going to make. They say that moving forward, we're going to be doing this. Submarine, submarine popularity, um, you know, stuff like that. It's, it's more important things, I think, that they could be talking about in a balance, cha- in a balance change blog, which that one is. You know, bug fixes, yeah, do them day in, day out, night in, night out, every, you know, all the time. Public test balance changes, that's, to me, that's a slight, that's a different topic. But it is just to me, and I know that not everybody will agree, but to me, that's where I think it needs to be. It needs to be more pointed. Um, 
you know, it needs to answer a question more than providing people, you know, providing us with a giggle. I mean, the thing is that they didn't put details, right? If they had at least put the details in what they're changing, like, I mean, this isn't an issue anybody cares about in a way. I don't mind if they, like, have to have blocks about actual big bugs, like, for example, the torpedo bug, right? That That is where you want information, where you want to have block on. It's like, it's, 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 it doesn't really do anything. It's, it's a bit of a silly thing. I don't mind that it's there necessarily, but the problem is that the whole article already starts reading like, I mean, because they made so little changes and they don't really explain exactly why they felt like those numbers are justified in a way. They made changes in the right direction that it's a good thing, don't misunderstand. And I like that they are buffing some of those ships and nerfing some of them. But it feels like, like, I mean, you can't just look at some of those things and feel like it's just a meme, right? It's like they aren't actually trying to balance it. They're just like, okay, if everybody complains about this, then maybe we, we just pretend we do something about it. It feels in so many ways like we pretend to do something about a problem without actually really addressing the problem. And then in the end, they do like, hey, uh, uh, bug fixes. Uh, we changed something you didn't even know was wrong, which has no impact on anyone. And uh, sh- look, look at look at what we are doing, right? I don't know. It, it, it just makes the article a bit more of a meme than it. Still like the oh. changes that they're doing, but at least like you know, I mean, uh, tr- try harder. <laughs> like, I mean, se- se- seriously, if you want to actually improve your balancing, try a little bit harder than this, please. We we have talked in the past about how it would be nice if they would provide more context for the changes yeah. that they make, but I think they've actually addressed that themselves. But it, I can't remember what the reasoning was. That it'd be too much work, or I think they worried it would confuse people too much Maybe, and open yeah. too many cans of worms. Um, I mean, some of them are kind of self-explanatory, like Synop getting a slight nerf to its its um, AP Citadel damage, for example. It was clearly doing a bit too much damage. Yeah. By whatever metrics yeah. they use, um, Monarch getting a bit more firing ranges slightly. That that again kind of feels like the Stalingrad. It feels like the wrong sticking plaster kind of thing. Like it's not really going to change the Monarch experience having the extra five minutes of of uh, extra five kilometers of uh, uh, meters. Even I got <laughs> where did minutes come from? I don't uh, of uh, of firing range, but yeah, there's other stuff like Marco Polo's guns getting a bit more reliable would be nice. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I see what you're saying for you. Is you can't argue against more changes in the right direction. Well, yes, and uh, I mean, obviously, right? If there's more changes in the right direction, there are good changes. But the thing is, the community has been complaining about some of those things for a very long time, and they have been an issue for a very long time. And now they finally said, they announced it even in the big statement of intent. Yeah, okay, we are finally going to address some of the long outstanding balancing issues of the game. And then you wait for that. And then they came out and they're like, hey, uh, half a second reload nerf for a Pedro. And you just look at it and be like, are you, are you trying to troll me right now? Or are you like, is, is this somebody put a gun on your head and they're like, you need to nerf the Pedro and you try to make the most useless nerf in the universe? Is this what's happening here? Like, I mean, it's a right, it's a step in the right direction in a sense, but it's such a small step that you'd need a microscope to figure out if it actually has moved. And that really feels like I'm being trolled in a sense that, uh, you know, nobody who has actually played this game has taken a look at this and be like, how can we properly balance this? Did they, they made somebody to like, can you please address this without addressing the issue? 
It does yeah. I kind of see what you're saying here, Aitam, in that, yeah, some of the more long-standing ones that they've had a very long time to address, you would maybe expect there to be more substantial balance changes yeah. rather than just the more incremental changes, which is kind of, on the whole, a good thing. Um, uh, yeah, I think I think I kind of agree with you there. There are that's certainly some ships where you would think by now they would have enough data to be able to change several things at once instead of just doing the more incremental changes. Which I mean, I don't think they are doing it to like gaslight people. I, I think I'll disagree with you there, but I can kind of see why you might think of it that way. <laughs> Because it I doesn't mean, seem like a terribly substantial change. Yeah, like, like they, they could have easily in, uh, set that like to 15 or so, but Petro, Petro would still be a fine ship. But for, it's also like with... Uh, the Petro is, is a long-standing issue in one way, but it's still a relatively new one compared to like a Yu Yang, right? The Yu Yang has been for many years... What, what? How many years has it been? Three years, four years, five years since they really know the Yu Yang... I mean, a lot of years ago, and they still haven't, I think, buffed it to the way it was back then. And it's a ship that has been on the bottom for a long, popularity-wise, which they seem to care about a lot, and performance-wise, right? And they just, they they never addressed it. And no matter how often it has been brought up, and there was even this dev block where they're like, yeah, where it's like, yeah, and it's hard to balance stuff. And yeah, okay, Yu Yang has been low on popularity and on performance. It's like, they even admitted that. and. Still, to this day, they are refusing to, to you know, or, or like take take it with. I mean, the the flint still hasn't its firing range back for one reason, but it's not like the flint would be a problem with thirteen point three kilometers. And it took the mod two free patches to even get to the twelve point three of what it has now. And it's like, why? It's like they they have when when they make something like for example a submarine they have no problem with submarines being flat out overpowered broken the most broken mechanic they might have introduced ever and they put it in random battles they admit that they're broken beyond belief technically in in the last segment and they leave them in random battles and so somehow this is fine but then you look at a ship that has been for years suffering and they are like yeah i i don't I mean I I feel like Sao maybe like two thousand hit points. It, it, yeah, it, it, so the problem we have is that we can only peek behind the curtain. You know, there's lots of people pulling information out of the back end and data mining and trying to just get some sort of an idea about it. You know, I've not been idle while I've been sort of, you know, sabbatical away time, just getting 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 back to get back to normal and getting back into things and stuff. I've you know, I've been trying to dive as deep as I can do into these numbers and try to make head in the sense of some of the stuff that I see. Mm-hmm. And changes that you see here I can't fathom personally how they work against or with other ships of that class or how they are how it makes sense it doesn't you know at, at no point well I, you know yes petro is a strong ship make no bones about it but what difference is half a second reload going to make to her I, you know 
there are numbers that we don't have access to that nobody does that will be classed as commercially sensitive. I'd argue they're not. They're just numbers in the game, it, you know. But mm-hmm. you know, it, it's you know, it's what you do with it in order to balance your game. I suppose it, it, that makes it commercially sensitive potentially. But it's you know, it just doesn't make you know changes for the sake of changes. Some of them yes, some of them no. I yeah. mean, you know, personally for me, you know what? Uh, this is kind of some people might get upset with this, but for me, um, I, I frankly I wouldn't mind if we had a patch every week, if we had a micro update every week of changes. Mm-hmm. If they literally sat and you know, we all know we we all know that there was a, a Russian one of the, one of our Russian uh, CC colleagues was. Um, kicked out the program because he turned around and said that the devs, because uh, he turned around and proved that the devs have all played 300 games in a year. When you're not, when yeah. you're only playing 300, I mean, you know, that's only, that could be one account of that person. We don't Well, with know. the caveat the, yeah. of the accounts that the he knew of. Yeah. I mean, you know, I can't see, I, you need, you need, you need to spend time in your own product to get an understanding of why there's a disconnect. And stuff like we've seen here that Foo's a, Foo, I mean, you know, Foo's a great guy. I've got a lot of time for him. But you can see the disconnect between not just the player base internally, but the player base and the devs. And then the player base and the community management team. I, get, I, I, I struggle. That's where I struggle a lot with, with, with this stuff because... It seems like there's three points of view. There's the player's point of view, you know, how the game feels to play as a person. There's the perceived feedback that the community managers and the devs see. And then there's the, you know, there's the internal communication either either out of us or, out, or around. And it, it just doesn't add up, you know. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, or I mean, with uh, things that don't make sense, you have a perfect uh, way to go to SOPs, I guess. And <laughs> yes, the, our last day vlog. The, yeah. the two weeks of random battle testing. So this, 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 this is in a lot of ways what, like, I, I'll say this, uh, like, they, they aren't actually really testing submarines that much. They have chosen a limited time release of uh, a, a broken product. The, the thing is, right, you can't really call it a test if the subs are now easier to access than if they were fully released because you don't have to grind for lines. You make a complete a mission that is what, like, I don't know, 12,000 base experience or whatever, and you have the subs, right? You don't even have to buy them for credits. Subs are easier to access than if they were released. Everybody ha- uh, can have them. They are in random battles without restrictions in that sense. Like, I mean, obviously, there are matchmaking restrictions, but, you know, people can play them as much as they do. They are even easier around right now as if they had been fully released and they are a full part of the game for now, for a limited time. So they are basically a limited time release right now, not the test, if you're honest about it. And this is what, what gets me, right? You don't really test your product by releasing. It's like if Wargaming was a, was a company that, I don't know, made food, they'd be like, okay, so we have this, we, we want to change our product, but we aren't sure if it makes people maybe vomit or sick, right? 
So what we do is we just sell the new product and then we see if people get sick. And then after two weeks, they come, okay, we figured out that people get sick consuming our product. So we're going to sell the same product for another two weeks and then we're going to change it. We already have plans for changing it. So there's no reason to sell the product that makes people sick, but we still continue to sell the product that makes people sick. Of course, that's just how we roll. And it, 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 that's just so mind boggling for me, right? So they, they have, uh, reworked the homing torpedoes because they basically admit in a sense that they are just way too strong. That that's mm-hmm. basically an admittance that you can't have them homing and basically ignore torpedo protection and such. So first they are going to split them. There will be the torpedoes that get damage boost from double ping, but are not homing. And then there are the homing torpedoes that don't get a damage boost. And they even reduce the, the range which they're homing, like, was it, I think. So the first type of, um, yeah, so to address the issues, they basically, they're reworking torpedoes and splitting them into two types, which now means that you've got two different types of torpedoes on a submarine. The switch is going to be the same as if it was handled on the Yamagiri. Um, so you've got homing torpedoes, so reduced maneuverability, mm-hmm. the distance at which they stop homing will be increased twofold. Okay, that's great. Um, and the rest, rest of the parameters remain similar to the other ones that have the live serve. The first ping activates homing, the second ping improves it. But what they have said they do is that they're gonna they're no longer gonna get the damage bonus that they receive to a double ping top, torpedo. So again, to me, that doesn't the one thing I want to ask on that is does that mean that they're not going to cause citadels now on a double? They're no longer going to do citadel damage because a double ping, a double ping torpedo would citadel a ship. I mean, don't, seen, isn't like yeah, torpedo damage citadel damage anyway? Like counted for heals? Yeah. I don't think it is because it's a citadel or is it just heavy? I think it's I, just heavy. Okay, I mean, we'd have to Google then. Because I, I, I mean. DD main, Mr. Aiton there. Have you ever got a Citadel from a torpedo launch with a destroyer? Uh, I mean, have I? Have, have you ever got... I mean, they're saying it's this... They're saying the damage parameters and things like that are similar to the ones in the game, excluding this homing mechanic. Have you ever got a Citadel with a torpedo... Ah, so so you mean yeah? Obviously, you can't see the tail with a regular destroyer. But like, yeah. uh, these, uh, ones, yeah. these ones with the ping, apparently, we've, you know, we've seen the we've seen the the little clips and the videos and stuff like that out there. These ones do citadel with double ping. I'm, I mean, you know, however successfully sonar ping torpedoes no longer receive any bonuses to the damage. So yeah. You know, I suppose I'd like that to be a little bit more clear. Does that mean that they can't citadel anymore? If that's the case, mm-hmm. and it's just the standard heavy torpedo damage, yeah, okay, that's that's an improvement. Yeah, also like the double ping, like it it uh, basically made them ignore uh, torpedo protection. Mm. So that that will be no longer the case. So if you actually have torpedo protection, you you that to reduce the damage. So I think they will just behave like, the way I understand it, the homing torpedoes are behaving like all the normal torpedoes, right? It, it just yeah. makes it homing. It doesn't give you any bonus. That's the way I yeah. understand it. And, and the maneuverability will be reduced as well. Yeah, they Which, will, yeah. They will uh, 
no longer home as close. But right now, I think you can get homing up to 360 meters to a cruiser if you have a double ping or something like that, which is insane. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, we, we've seen the images of the torpedoes actually virtually turning 90 degrees from the, the course to go, oh, hello. Yeah, it's it's like if they make homing torpedoes somewhat dodgeable, if you pay attention to, and no longer the double ping increase the damage. But that's a huge admittance that the torpedoes were just broken, right? If you have to nerf the the, the homing and you have to nerf the damage, uh, it's and you you know it's it just is indirectly they are admitting that the torpedoes right now are broken beyond belief. If you have to go to such lengths to nerf the torpedoes. So one thing I find really interesting about this, and again, it's this back and forth and this interesting part for me on this is we have a perfectly good test server. Yeah. The reason that they can't test stuff like this on the test server is because nobody plays on the test server. You get, I think the most I've ever seen on the test server is about 2,500 players globally. You can't balance a, cla- a new class, especially coming into a game, based on less than one percent of your player base, because you know you, you've got no way of understanding how it's going to react. So, you know, we, we, everyone's happy to kick off about this, but you know, I, this is going to put a target on my head. But so be it. The real reason, the real people to blame for submarines coming into the game like this. It's us as players for not playing on the test server, which ergo then also blames the fact that we don't, you know, as a player, you don't have time to play on the test server. You look at the entire stack of everything you've got to, everything you want to achieve as a player. You can't play on the test server that get, that's would be the Sparta way of doing it. So stuff like this has to happen on the live server to get any meaningful quantity of data that allows them to do these changes and create these balances, but in the meantime, it's the damage that it does to the to the game in the long in the short term. I and mean, the damage it does, yeah. yeah, yes and no. So the thing is, you can't really expect people. I mean, most people aren't really aware, probably, of the test server, and even if they were, they need to install a second client to access it. You can't really mm-hmm. expect a casual player to go through that in order to just no, test no, the game. Absolutely. Yeah. And what they can easily do, on the other hand, is create a new game mode in-game on the live server. And when you log in, you get a pop-up. Everybody, like, you can now test submarines, and then you list the rewards, because we all know people just do... They do things if the rewards are right. So what they you can do stuff. is... Uh, you can be like, hey, you can now play submarines here. It's on the live server. There's a special game mode to test them out. And you get, I don't know or something interesting, research points. You get some resource that people actually want, and then you can test it. I mean, they even tested them in ranked battles where they have quite uh, a significant number of people playing it, not as much as random, obviously. They still weren't happy with that. But what also gets me is, right, there are easier ways of getting a lot of people than just putting them in there. Like, there are other ways, basically, to test things other than putting them in randoms. But it's we we are not to to the point where we just make a few adjustments, right? This is not like the fine tuning balancing. They are in the stage where they don't even know how like the main armament works. They don't know how the spotting works. They don't know how the counterplay works. 
at the very early stages of a new concept, right? They have still no clue how to, uh, they, they probably want to do anti-submarine warfare. They still have no clue how they do spotting and they still have no idea how the main armament. This, this is not something that should ever appear on a live server in the main, main battle game mode. But the thing it's, is, I mean, they're not that new. 2018 was when they first appeared in a playable format. Sure, but um, they haven't they haven't figured out how to do them since the problem is that they jumped from concept to concept and none of it worked. And now they were like, okay, screw it. We just take a concept that we know doesn't work and shove it into random battles and hope that we get a, a genius idea out of it. I think the thing I think the thing that we're seeing coming out, I mean, you know, we've got a full dev blog post of two weeks of uh, of random battle testing and you know all they all they prove. All, I mean, you know, it's great that they're it's great that they're putting so much detail into these posts. You know, submarine spotting underwater, depth depth switching abuse. Um, you know, hydroacoustic search and maximum depth, submarine popularity. You know, I wouldn't include anything. If I mean, you know, given an given a choice on this. Mentioning submarine popularity, I mean, I'm not being funny, but if you put something new in a game like you've just said, people play it straight away. You know, you see it. Operations, my my little world, my my little baby. Time and time and time and time and time and time again. Oh, look, new mechanic in operation, new operation. And what do you see? You see a spike. You see yeah. a spike. You see a spike. You know, you give people free new stuff at higher tiers that they might not even have had access to. Of course they're going to play it because, oh, look, I've got a tier 10 for free. Like, oh, what do I do? It's, you know, testing them in co-op. I, again, what meaningful data did they get out of co-op testing? Yeah. You know, playing them in ranked, a ranked season where rough numbers, and these are only rough numbers from what, I've, from what I've been able to dig out, the lowest ranked season since inception. The lowest played ranked season since inception. And that's, I mean, you know, you, again, Pointing back to that, pointing back to that thing on the on the forum, ninety five point five percent of your of your polled players who answered that poll gave the answer of no, don't like them, don't want them, don't care, don't not interested. The fact you know you, you're carrying on with them, you said you're going to move forward with them in that article, you're going to make changes. Duh, 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 duh. This isn't a change born out of player base engagement. This isn't a change born no. out of, um, you know, anything else. This is now a change that is a fiscal change, a financial change. We've spent all this money. We've done all this development work. We've gone through all these iterations. We've spent all this money. We have to put them in the game. It's It's... You know, whether it's for the good, the bad, or the ugly, they've got to go in the game now. They're too far, I mean, you know, they're too far down the rabbit hole. They can't, you know, the, the, 
this is a financial push to put them in. This isn't a. I mean, you know, the, you know, the, the, game the, the thing school. is. The thing is, you always have to think if it really would drive away a lot of people, then it would be financially a bad thing to release them, right? No much, no matter how much they invested in it, if it long term causes problems for them, it would be better to pull the plug. But it's always obviously a hard thing for a company to do. And I, I'm not sure how much they just want to push this forward or how much they are really not getting how, how people don't like it. Right? It's like, when they're moving forward, they're like, even these changes are quite no affect the gameplay. There's still many supplement mechanics which haven't been touched in order to test this new ship type will possibly this blah, blah, blah. Basically, they're saying they need to carry out more testing. And even though those changes are announced and they are not in the game yet, they keep testing the current subs that are being radically changed because they need the data for other stuff. But I would argue that any data they now collect is going to be complete garbage because those are really impactful changes. They're going to change how the main armament of submarines work. They're going to change how the spotting works, right? So that they can know spot. That affects how people play the ship. That affects in a way how anti-submarine warfare can work because if they can't spot as effectively anymore, maybe they are going to close. So maybe they're going to play their ships entirely position them differently. That means how effective certain anti-submarine warfare is that has different ranges with the planes that will change. So any data you collect now is going to be complete garbage because it's all related to the core mechanics that you are going to change. So now you test them for two more weeks. If you use the data, then you're going to make mistakes. And if you throw away the data, then why do you keep them in random battles? That's why I say it's not really a test. It's basically a limited time release of a broken product. This isn't a test. This is a full inclusion in the game right now. For a limited time, they are a full part of this game. And they admit that the main armament is basically broken because it requires such heavy changes. And they basically admit that the spotting is broken because, uh, I mean, they don't use the word broken. But we decided that the current implementation is too much. I mean, that, that's, that's quite the concession from Wargaming. In, in other words, they admit that it's broken. It does kind of almost feel like we're back in last year when they kept having the different versions of submarines with some quite major differences, and they just didn't seem to be able to find something that works. And here we are, they're on the live server, and again... It feels like they just can't find something that works. And, you know, from my point of view, that's kind of proof that they don't fit the game, <laughs> that they've spent this long and it still doesn't fit with all the different versions and variations we've gone through. But, yeah, I don't know. Despite them having said that they would drop it if if they didn't think it was good for the game, I think you might be right with this kind of sunk cost fallacy that they, they, they feel like they have to put them in the game at this point, maybe. I mean, I mean yeah. whoever's behind that, also there's internal politics, I'm sure there will be a group that's behind that, and obviously it's not good for their career or their job if they they pushed it or they designed this and they couldn't find because like you know in in the end of the day even if somebody in management said you're gonna make subs and they say i we don't know how it's gonna work and they said i don't care you're gonna make me subs and they can't find a solution within years and it's probably not the person who said you're gonna make subs whose heads might roll it might also be the person who then couldn't like complete it in a sense i don't know like it's it's uh it, it's probably a difficult situation for a lot of people working there 
maybe also for the uh, person who first decided that this was a good idea. But they also might just switch out somebody below and give the next yeah. group a try of, of making subs work. But, uh, you know, uh, as I said before, what really gets me is that they are so early in, in the development process in a sense that they, they really admit that they haven't actually figured out how to do the main armament for torpedoes. The one thing that, that they mostly do, like torpedoing, the one thing that's, that's really defining the class, and they haven't even figured out how to do that yet. I haven't figured out how to do spotting. And in a sense, they really haven't figured out anti-submarine warfare yet, although they don't mention it, because like it's utterly ridiculous right now. The best people who deal with submarines are, are battleships. And I feel mm -hmm. like they just have put on different ships, different versions of the anti-submarine warfare planes just to test them. Not in any balancing way, they just say this ship gets version A, this ship gets version B, this ship gets version C, just so that they have a wide variety of data. Mm. It's it's in such early state. And they forgot to put anti-submarine warfare on the Okotnik. I will not forgive them then. Even though they claimed everyone was going to get it, except for the Dutch, which is another meme, I guess. It's, uh, yeah, it, it it's just so incredibly early stages, so incredibly rushed and so incredibly not tested. It's, it's a joke. And it's basically a limited time release on the live server. And now they continue with it, even though they know it's a joke. It's, I said at the beginning I shouldn't get so emotional about this. I probably shouldn't. I should just sit there and play the games and uh, get what enjoyment I can out of them. I said the same thing as well. I suppose um, you could you could really argue that yeah it's it's pretty much a soft launch at this point with the way they've I don't I I, I, them in. Yeah. I I would I mean personally I would say that it's uh, it's not just that it that it is a full launch it is a it is a full on soft launch there's no if buts or maybes it, you know it is a it yeah. is a it is a full soft launch. Um, it's it's what they promised they wouldn't do because they learned from CVs so now they're calling it a yeah. test and giving it for a limited time to everyone and fully implementing it basically already in the game I mean it's it's possible that we are going to not see submarines for, for I wouldn't be surprised if they just keep me, me uh, they, they just like in the next patch they're going to immediately give the next stage of submarines to us, that the game will never be submarine free again. I'm not sure, depending on how fast they implement the changes. Maybe they give us two weeks off and then they come back. But at this point, I would really not be surprised if submarines are forever in random battles from now on. And they just keep calling it a test so that they can claim they haven't released an unfinished product. <laughs> yeah. And I mean... See, this is this is where I feel really, yeah. It's, it's just it's just really disheartening as somebody as somebody who loves playing the game like everybody else. It's just super disheartening when you look at it, and it's like, you know, if if we can see the mistakes 
or what we perceive to be the mistakes, why why is it so hard for that? Why is it so hard for the devs with a far far more detailed look than us that on on, on this to not see what are, what are we? What where's the disconnect? And you know, I, I, um, there was, there's another thing I actually wanted to ask you guys about, um, which isn't in any of the dev blogs or anything like that, but it's something that's mm-hmm. been on my mind for the last couple of weeks. It's gone very, very, very quiet externally about the CC program rework. Oh, yeah. So, you know, that was, that was a, we'll, we'll have answers by the end of September. Well, yeah. We'll have answers by the middle of October. We were thinking that, that, that at least, you know, people that we speak to on, that are still in the program would have heard something at this point. But, yeah, it seems like they're still doing whatever yeah. they're doing behind the scenes, if they're doing anything at all. Yeah. It just seems... It, it just seems like it... I mean, you know, see, I, I, I said, I said when they came out with all the, with all the big huff and the big statement and all that, I called it a statement of intent. Mm-hmm. They've answered a couple of the easy questions, if we're frankly honest, and that's it. You know, there's been nothing furthermore since it's gone so quiet. Um, the drop rates know, have been by far the most substantial. Oh, yeah, we've seen from them. Yeah, and you know, you look at it and you think there were some things on there that we all highlighted. You know what? They're quick wins. We should see some answers fairly quick on that. You know, see nothing, nothing at all. It's you know, great big content, great big, great big hoo ha. No answers, just more. Of the same, and I said it at the start when we start. I said it in one of the early, the earlier part of the podcast with yourselves. No one's, no one's following up on it. Nobody's chasing up on it. Nobody's, you know, creating, talking about it or anything like that. It's literally like it's oh, gone. Next issue. I mean, um, did the yeah. The thing about this is that I have uh, said when I shortly after I left the program that if if I were to rejoin, it wouldn't be that quickly, right? If they had made changes like end of September, I no matter what they would have said, I wouldn't have rejoined. I mean, no, mm-hmm. they don't care about me since I'm a small trade anyway. I would have said that I need to see more proof of what, what they are doing, right? If they announce big changes for the program, first you need to see them actually implemented and so on. And I wanted yeah. to see the drop rates appear and I wanted to definitely wait till Christmas and see how they do the Christmas loot boxes and stuff like that. And overall see the behavior change, right? Because that's going to be a long. And so I never really cared that much, I guess. Well, I mean... If they make the CC program better again, that would be great. But whatever they would have announced, I felt like we will have to wait and see what changes there. And so far, mm-hmm. since they haven't come out with anything, I just, at this point, I believe they just, you know, uh, they are not going to do anything. 
they 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 waited for the heat to die over and now they are quite happy that a lot of the people that complain about the product are no longer these so maybe they'll change how they read people i, I it's always I, I jokingly said what they're going to change is that they're going to place shock collars and cc's in the future to prevent rebellion and I wouldn't be surprised if, in a sense, that's what they're going to try to do. They're going to try to make sure that they get a firmer leash on whoever they have in the program and maybe limit the the way they they can damage like them or try to bind them closer or something like that. But I don't think that they contemplate a change for the good, or at least they haven't given me any, any uh, optimistic feelings towards that. So have you, have you guys seen one of the latest vacancies? At St. Petersburg, you mean, or...? Uh, no, for Prague. Okay. Community, uh, no, engage- community engagement manager um, looking for a wargaming... Looking for a community engagement manager to join the World of Warships in its Prague office. In this role, you will work with the World of Warships product, uh, product group to adapt and ensure the execution of a strong community engagement strategy to the World of Warships community. You will also act as the face and voice of World of Warships for the community on forums, social media videos, live streams, and in events, manage relationships with key community influencers, and regularly report on KPIs and sentiments of the community to the product group. It reports to the position, it reports to the regional publishing director, that's that's Lloyd of Draud, uh, Lloyd of Droid. Mm-hmm. Um, create and improve our existing competitive community tournaments, tying in with the development uh, roadmap and keep our hardcore players engaged. Be the global driver of contests from Europe, work with the global team ever so closely to create better and more impactful contests, tournaments, and events, both offline and online. Promote and manage tournaments that help increase clan adoption from new and casual. Be the driver of Twitch production, video production, and other rich content the EU team produces and uses it globally for all regions. Use the vast experience when it comes to streaming to diversify and grow video portfolio. Work with the community team to ensure we create and execute a self-sustained and independent functional offline event calendar. Work ever more so closely with the biggest CCs to create more engaging and useful content for existing and new players while onboarding more CCs to CCTP. Help the RPD to forge new collaborations in the UK and Germany, collaborations that can be brought into the game. All of the duties that may be assigned by the company and that would enter into scope of your qualifications. What are we looking for? Excellent verbal and written communication skills in English and an additional European language is a must. Expert knowledge on World of Warships with a minimum of 2,000 battles. Expert knowledge of the gaming culture and its trends, expert knowledge and experience of video or streaming content creation, solution oriented mindset with a strong ability to turn challenges into opportunities, strong analytical and reporting skills, coupled with good knowledge of industry standards for community KPIs, ability to travel abroad, able and willing to work alternating shifts and weekends as required by the business. I mean, if we give them the benefit of the doubt, it could be that they have plans for the program, but they need to require additional personnel to to do it. But then they could have announced the plans already. I feel like the problem that Wargaming has is that they they want sort of a program to keep people engaged in the game, but they are not willing to actually do anything to keep people engaged in the game, right? 
they always they've they've kind of seen that if you have content creators and we just give them stuff and they make content about the game and that keeps I mean obviously content creation keeps people in the game, it keeps them engaged, it gives them a chance to to maybe show off <laughs> the replays, to talk with like minded people and so on. Like obviously you want a strong content creator community to keep a game alive and keep people engaged. But what they've never done is if I, like they they've done something on the uh, North American server, like we have mentioned this in the past with like um, the, the hunt events and so on, where you can yeah the un- people un- people. And stuff yeah. And they it was a bit of a regional thing, but wargaming in itself as a common they've never really engaged into any special interaction with the community or make fun events or so to try to engage like as the existing people. In, in mm-hmm. this way, they always just be like, okay, we have content creators and it's their stuff. And obviously with content creators getting more and more disenchanted because they haven't been listened to. And also like that there are those weird decisions that like Wargaming makes, right? Because people have been asking for about like uh, that you can anonymize your name or something like, like a streamer mode that you could not be stream sniped that easily, right? Or that people can't see who, who you actually are in the game. Not the problem for a small creator, but like big, big names like Flambas, who is now changing his nickname on a two weekly basis or something like that. It, that, that would be very, and programming is always like, we can't do that because there's only so few people that would be interested in this, right? There aren't that many streamers. But that's just a marketing expense, right? Basically, if you have happier people streaming your game, it's better marketing, right? You you want to to help those people. Like, you want to engage with them. You want to help them create better content. You want them to, yes. to you know, be the happy faces that, that keep people engaged. But Walking never understood that. They were never even willing to raise a little finger, right? The replay system, the replay system has been buggy since it came out. It is still buggy today. It somewhat works. We can create content with it, but it's not really designed for that. And it's just, you know. And th- there was this change, right? When you could no longer use old replays. Uh, when was it like two years ago? And you know what the sad part is? I I expected this to be coming because when I said you now need the launcher basically to start it, I was like, okay, so how ca- can I still open old replays? Because if I need the launcher now, how can I launch an old client? And Wargaming said to me, Yes. I, I asked him specifically back then when I was in contributor chat and they told me, yes, no problem. Patch it. I couldn't. I told them, guys, I, I can no longer open all replays. They're like, oh, okay, send, send me the replay. We will check. And they're like, yeah, you're right. You no longer can do that. And the end. The end. They, they said then, yeah, maybe we'll, uh, we'll try to find a solution. Nothing ever happened, obviously, but this is basically, I specifically asked because I felt this might be a problem. They assured me it wouldn't be. And then it was a problem exactly as I predicted. And this is the kind of support they are giving into the, like the content producers. This is the way they, like a lot of companies go out of the way to make it easy for people to create content or they want to encourage that and in a sense this easy program should be that but they always were like well we don't actually put any work in it we don't actually want to do anything ourselves we just give people a few goodies and here here you 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 good 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 cc good cc make video make video mm. do you kind of cynically have to wonder if they were Thinking when when they when they overhauled the program and were like, okay, we'll give people free stuff. And I think we know from 
from from fem that it's like one specific guy in the na program that that resulted in that happening but if they kind of took that up and were like okay we'll just give them free stuff and then they'll be happy and they won't want anything and and they'll they'll only say nice things about world of warships i mean the free stuff and then is it could work out that way the, the free stuff is a good marketing thing, right? Because if people yeah, like can't, can't play the premium ships, then people aren't interested in them, right? Uh, people, uh, there's a new premium. People want to go into a stream and be like, hey, can I see this new premium? And then you show it off and that stream is a good game. And they're like, hey, I want it, right? So this was a, a, a very good marketing decision in a way to give the content creators access to all of that stuff and show it off because a lot of that stuff costs money. If there's a new combo coming out, if there is a new collaboration coming out, if there's a new captain, people want to hear the voice of, right? People want to see that. And if they provide it to the to the contributors, right, then they can show it off and Warcoming makes more money with it, right? I'm not sure why exactly they made the decision in the end, but it was a good decision, financial decision for them in that sense. But once again, it's not something that they were actually really too much involved in it wasn't the event they had to organize it wasn't something where the community really interacted with the contributors they were really in that sense hands off they were like people just make content and you you just you know you you make content right and uh, we we don't get involved in anything we don't really want to spend any time or effort in keeping people engaged that's your job Yeah, it definitely feels like that. I mean, even after the rework, with some of the stuff that we now know in hindsight, it still very much feels like a kind of absolute afterthought of, well, you know, we'd better do some marketing beyond just adverts, I suppose. I don't know. I suppose I'm feeling a bit jaded about the whole thing at this point, though, for obvious reasons, so... Hardly an unbiased point of view. I just wonder how many more... I mean, you know... I looked through all of the... Um, I looked through a lot of the... I, I look a lot through the through the World of Warships um, section on, on, on Twitch. And... You see such varying views going all the way through from super mega positive, you know, to super mega negative. And then you look through even deeper in terms of just, you know, Right now, as we're all talking here, this is, uh, at this time of night, um, on the on the on there, there's four point eight there's four thousand there's four point eight k of viewers in on Twitch watching World of Warships. So of that four point eight k, a little over twenty five percent are split amongst three streamers at the top. With there being, I think, about, give or take, probably about 40 to 50 people streaming the game currently. I personally know all the, the I mean, we, we all personally know the, the three, 
the three that have got it split across the top, and they're the nicest people in the world. The people, who, do you know what? Actually, they genuinely deserve it because mm-hmm. they're good people. You know, they're good, positive people. They, you know, they're they're very honest. They're very good. You know, they they are nice people, genuinely. And they're the kind of people that actually, you know what? Yeah, they're the right people to be there because it gives the right impression about the game. None of the None of the crap or anything like that. None of the this is good, this is bad, the, or, you know, or this is atrocious, this is so mm-hmm. broken, this is, you know, none of the hyperbole, none of the, none of the, none of the, none of the over the top. They're just good, normal people. And that's the right kind of stuff that's there. But, you know, to me, you always, you know, you've always got to take what you see subjectively. It doesn't matter whether it comes from Atom, Pointy, me, anybody at all. We can only give you our point of view, our opinion, our thoughts, our feelings. And they're only as good as the time at, we, at what we say them and how we feel at the minute. I mean, right now, anything we say, to a degree... Anything that anything, anything you know, you mm-hmm. you got to have a look at it and think, do I re- you know, would you really buy that myself? Would I? Do I want? Am I interested in that myself and stuff like that? So it's hard to get an opinion on what's going on in the game and where everything's going and what the community feels as well, because you've got such varying views. And I mean, you know. We don't, I mean, I, I don't know about you guys, but I'm not a natural, I, I don't speak Russian. Um, you know, I can't speak Me neither. Polish. I can't understand Polish. Mein Deutsch ist nicht sehr gut. I'm speaking Ibisian, but I'm speaking English, but I'm You know, my French is, my French is even worse. Um, my Italian and Spanish is non-existent above, above ciao and si. Um, you know, I, for some reason, I can understand the Americans very well. I don't know why that would be the case, but I can't. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, you know, stuff like that, you know, we have, we have the hard, I mean, you know, we have the hardest job ever to try and understand and convey across. Um, like recently I found out, and I can't believe I've been doing this for so long, and it's a bit of a shock as well. You know when you wave like that? Yeah. Yeah. To us in the UK, that's perfectly natural, isn't it, Pointer? You're waving to say hello to your friends. Hmm. Yeah, you do that to someone in Greek, you're telling them to bog off. So I've been waving to Chaos all this time without re- realising, and Chaos, one of my all-time friends from mm-hmm. Bob's, and I've been basically saying, bog off, Chaos, with a big grin on my face. <laughs> and he's like, oh my God, no! You know, and it, it, it's crazy little things like that that you've got to actually understand when it comes to dealing with the community and understanding what the hell they think of your game? You know, you put a, you put a happy, smiling, waving commander in, and you alienate your Greek community just by doing one thing like that potentially because it comes across the wrong way. You know, you put in Winston Churchill, you know, going like that, peace. Mm-hmm. That's going to upset some people, you know, and uh, comes back to that one word we all said before: context. How is it going to come across? You never get it right in gaming, and you know, yeah. The sad thing, the sad thing for us, and the sad thing that I think a lot of us will see is that we can, 
we can see the the do not do context or the how not to context or the it's easy to point out the when it goes wrong context. Submarines, how not to test something in a live environment. Yeah. You know, CV rework, how not to test something in a test environment before you bring it into live. You know, Puerto Rico, how not to publicize an event. And, you know, Christmas boxes, how not to tell your community about how to break the law basically yeah and it's stuff like that that it's like you know what it's so easy to point that out but when you get it right nobody points out that when you get it right I mean you you can't see it it depends I mean you know if you have a good relationship with your community you point out if they they will acknowledge if it and i feel like in the first years in warships people there was plenty of also positive feedback when they got it right and yeah. i was for the longest time i was uh not not i was always critical of things that i didn't like in a sense but there were, for the longest time there wasn't that much that i didn't like and it mm-hmm. used to be when they were testing a ship and you know Back when we could test ships as CCs, and everybody was like, oh my god, this is so broken, or this is so shit, and I was like, hey, guys, this is still in testing. I always try to, when I play the test ship, I was like, look, this is maybe the first version of a ship. It's never gonna be right in the first version of a ship, right? It's gonna be balanced. Just be patient. It's gonna take a few iterations. You you first, you test it, right? And then you see if it's too strong or too weak, and then you adjust it, and so on. And I was that person that was always... Uh, in a way like this. Mm-hmm. But everything has changed over the years because I have to admit that in time I was like, wait a moment, they didn't balance this. They just threw it out and it's not really how it should be, right? And then I have to be like, yeah, I mean, I know it's only in balancing, but honestly, I can't with good consciousness tell you it's going to be right because I I don't believe it anymore. They, they just, yeah. they, they, uh, they're going to throw it out anyway and I'm sorry, right? And it's it's basically once they they basically broken trust with the community often enough, once they backstepped the community often enough, once they kept lying enough. At this point, it's very hard for them to get a win, even if they make like as we had earlier, right? They make the changes to to the loot boxes, they show the drops. That's a win for the community. That's a good thing they're doing, and people going off about something else because they have basically just they've stepped the community so often that it's just you know. It's hard to repair that. It, it's hard to repair that relationship again, and it's going to take a lot more than this. And it's always going to be hard for work. I mean, if they do a good thing and they don't feel like they appreciate it for it, but it's they have done so much bad that it's going to be you know a long way to repair this. If they are willing, then they have to now put in the effort. And that's what we're waiting to see. Yeah. Also, by the way, fun fact, when you said about this waving thing, I didn't know that. And we, we recently had Chaos I, as a guest and we all waved goodbye. <laughs> I, I didn't realize either. I, it was, it was actually, I was, I start, I'm trying, I want to pick up and I want to start to learn a new, uh, a new, a new digital language. Mm-hmm. And, um, it came up because it came up because we're going about alpha and beta and gamma mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff and how it harks back to Greek like Greek times and all this sort of stuff. And it was just this random video that came up that said funny uh, said that um, it was uh, insulting things that 
you might do that you in th- five mm-hmm. things that you do unconsciously that could insult another another person and right there number four waving goodbye to somebody from greece may be interpreted as maybe interpreted as giving them an open hand which is also the equivalent of slap around the face and it's like really that's the most and chaos actually said you they kind of can it kind of can be taken that way depending and it's like, wow. <laughs> How many people have watched a, watched a stream where you've gone, see you later, guys, and you've waved, and they've like, I'm never going back because you just insulted me. <laughs> it's like, oh. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, but, but you'd think, uh, you'd hope that people who, like, uh, watch more international content are a little bit more familiar that other people might not up to 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 like how they do things. I I'd, I'd at yeah. least hope that a lot of people don't take it too seriously. If they see if oh. they see a Greek person doing that as a Greek person, right? Then they it's something different. But if they see a foreigner doing something, that they'd be like, yeah, okay, this this guy just doesn't know. Mm. Absolutely. Damn. We've really been going on for two hours. Yeah, yeah we should I'm, probably I'm, think about wrapping things up at this point. I, yeah, I mean, we've basically be... exhausted all the dev blocks yeah. by now. That there are some changes to test chips that nobody cares about because we don't play the test chips and have no idea about them anyway. So basically, we've, we've wrapped it all up, I guess. Cheapest mm. Quakers. Sorry, apologies for rattling up. <laughs> oh, no, it's perfectly fine. I mean, that's that's the fun of a podcast, isn't it? It's It's mm. a good idea to just, you know... Like, talk about this, rant a, a bit about it, right? Because it's, you know, that you have a conversation with other people that are into ships and really can talk from your heart. It's not something that happens that often, I guess. Mm. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, I, I guess yeah. we can wrap it up then here. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, we've bored everybody enough. <laughs> <laughs> We only mentioned operations for a few minutes as well. That's quite actually. I'm like, that's quite good actually. Yeah, I mean, uh, maybe we'll have to get you back to rant about operations for two hours again some point in the future. No, 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 no. I'm, I, I'll amaze people. Um, I'm actually quite happy. The quite happy. I just hope the community took advantage of the operation reset to get themselves temp free. Get themselves the free captains and the you know the five days of premium, the flags and all that kind of stuff. And you know, I hope they're all making full use of the fact that we've got the Halloween operations back because you know proof of the pudding of people will play them. You know, the, you know the uh, they will come. They'll come if you do it. Um, as long as people have done that. You know, I mean, they're fun operations. Yeah, but I mean, I'm talking about all of them. You know, not just the Halloween ones. Mm-hmm. But the normal ones as well, because obviously a couple of patches back they reset them all, so you could go in and read re five star every single operation and get the rewards. So there's ten point captains, there's days of premium, there's commander XP, there's flags, there's camos. You know you can go and earn all of that again. Uh, you know I just hope people took advantage of it because if they've done it once, show them that you know people want to play them if you do it. If you do that, then that gives them the, you know, that you know that date, you know that important data we were talking about that says, look, if you do it, people will play it. 
But I have to admit at this point, until you mentioned it, I wasn't aware that I've reset that. I was aware that I reset it on the Halloweens because I realized the Halloweens were back. So I took a look at that. But I wasn't aware that all operations had the rewards reset until you mentioned it just now. Yeah, all of them. So uh, they, they could work on their communicating those things, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that one did slip by under the radar a bit for me. I mean, I think I realized it like a couple of weeks ago, but yeah, it wasn't, uh, they didn't make a big song and dance of it particularly. Which kind of were, I mean, and that's the thing, if you don't make a big song and dance about it, people don't notice it. And of course, the biggest voices won't mention it because someone don't really care about operations. They're boring, they don't do anything, they mean nothing. They're no fun. And it's like, you're missing out on some, on, on stuff. And, you know, when you're not sharing them with people and you're not getting them involved in it, all you're giving them is more ammunition to say, you know what, lights switch off, we don't have to put any more dev time in that, we can spend it all on submarines. And, you know, we've said for ages, submarines and operations go hand in hand because you can recreate yeah. so many great operations, so many great historical events. Take the time, play them sure that people want to play them and it's like convoy mode convoy mode could have been so 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 good yeah um, it just feels like they missed such a such an opportunity and um as a result is you know what could have been versus what was and again it's another what you know could have would have should have you know, the sad part is that submarines would be so much easier to balance in an operations setting because you, you only have the players play submarines, basically. And that makes the whole detection thing and so a lot, and the whole overpower torpedoes a lot less problematic. Because mm. balancing PvE is, is, in a sense, so much simpler, right? You only have to get one side right, and then you, you can... Uh, so you have to make them fun to play, right? And then you can change the AI ships however you want and it's also not a problem if the players win most of the time because you know that that that's most people who who enjoy pve they don't have a problem with winning all the time mm. yeah yeah definitely the case well and uh i guess with with that we can call it a night Think yeah, so. <laughs> think so. So, uh, thanks TC for joining us. Thanks everybody for watching. Uh, yeah. yeah, thank you for the invite. As always, it's uh, always good to sit and uh, shoot shit with you guys. So, yeah, have a good night, everyone, and we'll be back next week. And when we wave now, we we are not being rude. Just Bye. just saying. <laughs> Bye. See you later. <laughs> I'll go off if you're Greek, apparently. <laughs> <laughs>